All right, welcome everybody. We're about to begin the Tuesday, July 25th edition, 2023 calendar year of the Robert Scott Bell Show. You've tuned into the right place. We've got a couple of new uh, guests. Uh, one of, seems like all the way from Europe live. And uh, Justina Walker is going to join us. We'll talk about uh, WHO, freedom initiatives, uh, from where our rights derived. I'd love to hear the European perspective on that and how it matches up or doesn't with uh, the concept, uh, the dawn of what we call American liberty, which is not where liberty comes from, but the system of governments that uh, governance that acknowledges liberty comes from a far higher place than any government, including the U.S. government. Fascinating discussion points, I think. Then Pastor Rick Soto is going to join us in hour two. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Jesus at the center, the state of the church, things like that. Nothing controversial at all. We'll have a Sunday conversation on a Tuesday. How interesting. Let's get together and do this. Share the show, robertscottbell.com slash listen. The chat room is alive and well. We'll see you there in just a moment. Super Don, get this party started. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, just taking a sip of tea as I do during the show, right before I get started here, clear my uh, voice and throat and all of that. This morning, I uh, was at a uh, memorial service slash funeral for a, a Navy man, career Navy man that uh, was uh, uh, active duty many years ago. We're talking, you know, just post-World War II era. Uh, those of you who know Paul Baratero uh, from Echo Water and Echo Technologies and his wife, Jacqueline, Jacqueline's father or stepfather, but basically father, uh, grand, grandparent to their child, uh, passed away recently. Uh, he was he lived a long life, uh, but uh, it was, uh, you know, it's fascinating to see uh, one of those with taps being played, the flag, all of the the, the military kind of acknowledgement of uh, a life of service that he led and uh, the passing on my daughter. Uh, sang at the uh, the service as well, which was nice, along with uh, Paul's son, and uh, you know, just just feel that transition in life at that point. And so, my uh, uh, love and prayers, and of course, condolences to Jacqueline uh, and the family uh, for the loss of your your uh, grandpa or your dad and your kids' grandpa, and uh, for Diane, her husband. I just want to acknowledge that as we start the Robert Scott Bell Show. I don't mean to set a somber tone, but just it's hard to. Uh, uh, kind of disconnect from the experience you just have uh, in the day that you, you know, you go and life goes on, the show must go on, that kind of thing. And we've got a lot to talk about here. Uh, two new guests uh, we've never had on the show scheduled, Justina Walker uh, and Pastor Rick Soto. So if you want to check that out, check out the show notes at robertscottbell.com, robertscottbell.com. So this is one of those shows, Super Don, where I just show up, turn on the microphone and we get going. And, and that's okay. My wife says, in fact, many times the shows are the best when you do that. <laughs> 100% completely organic and impromptu. Not like yesterday with Naked Gardening. That was a little different. Yeah, we'll just we'll just leave that. There. Leave that one aside. Yeah. That's probably normal in Europe. But in America, you know, we're, we're very shy. That's, remember, it was a British it, thing. What, last Naked time. Gardening? Yeah. Is normal in Europe? We'll find out. Where'd well, you get that from? Look, I've been to Europe many times. They have a different viewpoint. On, <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe they like vitamin D better. Right. I don't know. We'll have to ask Justina about that, I guess. Yes. So as we talk about some silly things that could be actually good for you in terms of sun exposure, uh, the Debbie Downer of the doctoring world, Peter Hotez, is back in the news. 
Uh, Fox, you know, he just couldn't help himself, right? No, he couldn't. He loves to be in in the limelight. What a sad little man. So what Uh, does he do? Yeah, he just complains that there are two movies that have done very well in the theaters recently, Barbie and Oppenheimer. And now he's calling it, or I don't know, somebody's calling it Barbie. Barbieheimer. Um, But he's fearing that everybody's going to get COVID and die. Apparently it's uh, not 2020 here, but there it is in his mind. Dr. Hotez advocated for controversial pandemic policies such as masking children, shutting down schools. This guy's a, I mean, to say he's a dweeb is uh, dis, doing a disservice to, ter, disservice to dweebs. I was not a fan of <clears throat> um, Fauci. I don't no. think very many people were. But Hotez take, take, took it to a whole different level. Right. Um, I mean, I just can get any more weaselly. So, you know, this is a Fox News article. And they go on talking about this and that, whatever. Like, I thought, you know, let's just go to the tweet itself, right? Sure. Yeah. What did he say? Let's look at the tweet itself here. So he says, not to be a Debbie Downer, but anyone worried about a post-Barbie box office COVID bump or a post-Oppie will never even, well, probably never know since no one seems to be keeping track of such things anymore. Keep up with your boosters and find a pink N95 or KN95 if you can. Does he think he's being funny? No. Well, I, I don't know. I he seems to, I believe I believe he's being serious. Wow. But I think he's also he just wants to try and remain relevant somehow. Mm. And and on his Twitter, I don't know if you've followed him recently or not. He's no. shut down now, so people cannot comment unless they're people that that he knows. Or no, he blocked mentioned. me on Twitter years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, he hasn't yeah. blocked me, but that's because I hadn't said anything to him yet. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. But so now it's like, you know, it's only his little bubble. Yeah. Um, you know what? The only bump coming out of his bubble as it relates to Barbie <laughs> is none because let's say if I remember correctly, Ken had no, let's just say it, male genitalia. That that was, a, the you know, the, the thing about oh, Ken the and Barbie. thing, yes. They, they were non-gendered long before there were gender discussions happening. That's true. That's true. And I've not seen the movie. I'm not interested in seeing the movie, but I'm not also freaking out about popular. it one way or another. It's very yeah. popular. A lot yeah. of people have gone to see the Barbie movie. I won't yeah. be seeing the Barbie movie. But I thought, now let's let's take a look at uh, maybe what some of the other people have said about him Okay. Um, on his thread here. Here's mm-hmm. Dolly Madison. I'm guessing mm-hmm. this is a real person. Uh, love the pink mask idea. My family and I still mask indoors. And I've seen several show tapings, comedians, and plays this year without incident. I live in a highly vaccinated area, too. We'll be masking for Barbie tonight. As for people who don't wear masks, some may end up becoming sick. You know, Dolly and and Hotez, uh, did the news cycle pass you by? Did you not get the word that the vaccines that you call vaccines that are not vaccines don't work? Yes. Uh, much less well, the masks, not able to filter out the things at the level at which they claimed were causing listen, the problems. It gives you an idea of the people that follow him. Here's Sig Christensen. Okay. Some things I'm still not doing and may never do again. This includes large rock concerts, crowded bars, and movie theaters. I'm at an age where I've been there and done it and don't need it anymore. COVID and the proliferation of deniers just happened to be the final straw. The proliferation of deniers? Well, the only thing I can say good about that is that there's more room for people that like going to see live music uh, without him there. So that's all right. That's just more seats for other people, I guess. Right. So anyway, um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It's like <clears throat> he hadn't done an interview recently. Nobody had uh, called him. His phone wasn't ringing. He's so he feeling got on a little Twitter. bit lonely. 
I think, and yeah. decided to get some people talking. I saw somebody named Jeff Leach say, no, no normal rational person is worried about this. It must be really sad to constantly live in such a warped state of fear. And I, you know, I agree with that statement because these people are living in that germ theory bubble that puts you into a perpetual state of, I don't know when someone's going to breathe on me and I'm going to get sick and die. What a way to go through life, to believe that all of life, all of creation, whether you believe in God or not, contains microbes that are just waiting to jump on you and get in you to kill you. Lovely. How do you wake up in the morning and get out from under the covers? with that level of fear in you. Now, there's a lot of people that had never thought about the germ theory and just kind of went about it and whatever they heard from public health agencies, CDC, WHO, or otherwise, if they said something is coming, they were frightened and they they hid. But normally they didn't. Now, apparently, the Hotez followers are living in that permanent state of fear. And it's not only that they're afraid, they want you to be afraid too. And if not, then they will call you names, like deniers. Like, if you do not believe the germs are the cause of disease, are you a denier of disease? No, you are someone who questions the cause of disease. I think there's a very important distinction to make that would involve at least two synapses still firing together and some critical thinking skills that are lacking in the Hotez sycophants, much less Hotez himself. Now, those that even in in the year calendar year 2020, uh, we were... uh, I think pretty consistent about masks not working, even though, of course, we got banned on YouTube and various times we were banned on on Facebook. We're probably right on the edge now of that. Uh, banned on LinkedIn and, and ultimately banned on Spotify, where Joe Rogan still gets paid $100 million to say things that uh, I guess were similar to what we've been saying, but he's still there. The idea that we must move through life in fear of germs is a sad state of I barely call it living. You're living as a victim or a victim to be. That state of consciousness is not very viable for long-term survivability, much less if you'd like to thrive in life rather than just survive because, boy, I escaped that one. Did you see that germ fly by? It could have gotten me. I'd have been a, a goner for sure. I don't know still to this day that most people are acknowledging and recognizing the fear that they live in subtly if it's not overt at times when the WHO presses the panic button or, you know, Rochelle Walensky or Burks then gets a big job at Big Pharma because she successfully frightened the Trump administration at the time she was an advisor to Trump to doing things that were not in the best interest of the country and the people of this country, much less the people of planet Earth. But you look at some of the stats that have come out since that time in America you know, you, you have X percentage of the population on the planet, yet you have a death or mortality rate during COVID that far supersedes the percentage of population. Because what? What did we do more than any other culture with a few exceptions? Perhaps get the jabs, perhaps wear, wear more masks, perhaps shutting down kids, isolating them, keeping them away from normal developmental milestones, whether they be in cognition or whether they be in emotional development and maturation. Everything the Hotezas of the world has been a disaster for the, especially the young people on the planet. And now we hear of uh, Bronny James, LeBron James' son, 18 years old, obviously a high-level prospect for professional basketball, NBA. On the basketball court, apparently at a practice, suffers a heart attack and is hospitalized. 
Now, granted, I don't know the, 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 direct, the direct causal pathway here, but we do know LeBron James was an advocate of following the rules, masking, getting jabbed, etc. And he's been a social media kind of a, a figure that is uh, very much hashtag woke. And his son, Bronny, did his son, Bronny, get the COVID injection or injections? Question I have. I do not have the answer, but suffice it to say, when we heard of events in childhood, young people, high school, college age, dying suddenly, Super Don, I don't know if your memory's like mine, but it was typically you would hear about a young, often overweight young person on the football field at spring practice, overheating <laughs> and collapsing of heat stroke. And overtraining, some, some overheating, yeah. yeah. Not um, heart attacks. No. I think it's interesting. His name is Brawny. Yeah. LeBron James named his son Brawny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. that? That's the least interesting part of that, but I guess guess it is kind of weird. But I I just want to wrap up this subject, and we're going to go to Europe and talk uh, with our our first-time guest here, Justina Walker, in just a moment. Uh, Just, uh, It's one of those things where I don't have a lot of nice things or any nice things to say about some of these people, and I don't feel good about that because I like to be a nice person mostly. (laughs) But Hotez doesn't deserve much niceness the way he's gone about his so-called career and what he's trying to promote a permanent state of fear and distancing and masking with masks that don't work and shots and boosters that don't work. And he's still on it. Does this guy not have a brain cell left or is it just, he doesn't care. Perhaps he doesn't care. He just wants you to like him. Well, he's not doing a good job of it here. I'm just saying, just saying, all right, we got a subject uh, on uh, trust and freedom. Trust and freedom, uniting citizens to affect change. This is out of, I believe, out of Europe. We're going to learn about this momentarily. Strengthening democracy and individual rights in the European Union. And I do have questions about that from where are rights derived in a European Union, much less in a, uh, Canada, for instance, where rights were written into uh, by an act of parliament and not acknowledged by uh, whether it be a revolutionary war and then a declaration of independence and or a constitution that acknowledges something that no other government that I'm aware of on the, on the planet has acknowledged before. That is, rights come from God, not government, a creator, and that creator is not government. And what does that mean? Or is there another definition of rights I'm not aware of? Let's find out. Going all the way to where, Justina? Justina Walker joins us now on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So is it okay to ask where you're at right now? I'm in London. You are in London. Okay. So uh, we've got a lot of friends and listeners in England on UK Health Radio and otherwise. So I'm glad you're joining us all the way from over there. And it looks like you're doing some good work there in the European Union. But I think I need to understand a little bit more about definitions of words used that we use here. And often people in America don't know the definitions. Yeah, sure. Sure. So I guess, um, you know, just to start off, we launched a project called Trust and Freedom, but, but uh, this has been a long time coming. Um, most of the people involved in it are other, either activists that have been on the street for, well, since 2020. Um, some of them are doctors, stroke activists, but also lawyers. Um, and we've got economists, etc. So looking through all the things that have been happening um, Europe might not be that complicated. You know, there's 27 countries. Uh, this is what we've got. And within these 27 countries, we've made a decision to create this wonderful thing called the European Union. 
Um, and on top of that, we have something called the European Parliament, but also a European Commission. Um, pretty much, we do have our own rules in our countries, and some of the countries have constitutions. But as we are part of the EU, so the European Union, we do have this big, huge, massive body of bureaucrats on top of us. And today, as you know, um, the main subject that I mainly sit in is the WHO. And I think everybody, mostly everybody now is aware that the WHO is working on a couple of things. And one of them is the treaty or accord, as they want to call it. But the second thing is the IHR amendments, which are the International Health Regulation Amendments. So with all this stuff that's been going on, we've been thinking which way we can tackle it. Because it does seem that um, the DG or people call him Director General or some call him the Dictator General really, really wants to put a lot of power into his own hands. And well, so the project you, came together called Trust and Freedom. Trust and Freedom. Okay, well, yeah, this this is a problem when uh, independent uh, nations or sovereign nations decide to subjugate themselves to a, a global or regional bureaucracy under the United Nations, WHO. Super Don, do you, are you hearing the clicking on Justina's line? Yeah, I am. Sometimes this is something that happens with phones. So Justina, uh, try dropping and reconnecting. <clears throat> and we'll okay. see if that clears up the issue. Yeah, I want to get all of her words in. I think there, it's a very important discussion to have. We have, again, a lot of viewers and listeners from around the world, including in the European Union. And I, I think, uh, well, it's illustrative of what life is like on planet Earth and how different and distinct it can be, but how uh, the threat to all of us through centralized bureaucracies, even from far-flung regions of the planet from where we are, uh, are uh, attempting to impact and to diminish the ability of self-determination self-autonomy, bodily autonomy, much less uh, sovereignty on a state or nation-state level. And many of these organizations want to eliminate the nation-state for the purpose of global governance, one world order under communist Marxist dictatorships. And they're utilizing the threat of, you know, your health being diminished somehow if you do not comply with the WHO edicts, the IHR amendments as well. And so uh, Justina Walker is back. Hopefully the audio is sounding good. Let's test it out. Let's try. Any better? Yeah, I don't hear the clicking now, so hopefully it'll uh, uh, manage to maintain itself. Sometimes there's, it gets glitchy in the software program interface, so thank you for doing that. So, Justine, I was just relating how the uh, WHO, uh, as subsidiary to the United Nations, uh, they have a view that they would love to eliminate all nation states and put everybody under various regional governance and global governance under uh, you know, a, a policy of, of a bureaucracy that would rule us all, usually under um, the guise that you have no rights except that which we grant you, which are technically privileges. And that was my concern about uh, even in Great Britain, where you still have the monarchy, even though it doesn't play a direct role like it did in the past, it still is a different kind of acknowledgement of from where rights are derived. And you don't sound like you have a British accent, so you come from elsewhere. No, I'm actually Polish, so I'm a bit of a mixture here living in England for a very long time, almost 20 years, but uh, originally born, bred Polish. So you have a lot of history there in terms of fighting for freedom since the occupation uh, under Nazi Germany. Uh, so you, you kind of get some of these concepts more so than others that haven't been occupied. Sure, yeah. And uh, I guess this is a little bit of a helpful thing when you do all this stuff and you work within the activism. Uh, you know, I could kind of look into the historical stuff that has happened in Poland and uh, my family history is quite extensive. Uh, we had we had quite a few 
rebels in the family. And then living here in England for the last 20 years and uh, being uh, really into this culture, I see the differences, but I also see, you know, strength in both nations. So what is it that you're uh, attempting to achieve there while you're in England or is, are you just visiting right now? Or is that where you've established yourself since? And and then the question is, how do you fight for rights that are not even acknowledged to be yours by virtue of your birth, like in England or in other European countries? Yes. And, I, you know, I think we've all kind of struggled depending on working within the different countries, because my work around the last three years have been working with different activists from different countries. So not only Polish activism, it's not only UK, but it's also Croatia, uh, Austria, Germany, got loads of different um, activists and friends that live around. So we're sharing how it all looks, uh, that fight for your, your freedom, your choice, actually, because they keep saying that we are, you know, anti-something, but we're actually more pro-choice. We want to have the choice of not inject ourselves with stuff and just make decisions about our health and about our children um, and what we want to do. Um, so, so, so this this has been quite an uh, you know eye-opening process, especially when you look at people like uh, DG uh, from the WHO. Uh, most of the people might not know, but these guys have just met, literally finished their meeting last week. Last week the meetings took place, and they finished yesterday. And they are really convinced that they are doing this for the people. Um, without actually engaging people into the in the process of uh, making these decisions, uh, so so for us coming up with this idea that we came up with trust and the freedom was the basic point starting point was there is no trust. Uh, we lost the trust in the government, in the people, and uh, actually our freedoms are being taken away. Yeah. All right. Uh, Justina, that clicking is back. If you can uh, disconnect, reconnect one more time. I'm going to go through this trust and freedom document until you come back. I've got it up and Super Don can show it. Uh, Super Don at the uh, EUCI.info uh, is a document uh, you can scroll through page by page. It talks about the, the primary goals that they have here. It says, we call upon the European Commission to enact legislation that fosters freedom, tranquility, transparency, accountability, and individual engagement within the EU. One, upholding human dignity and the recognition of informed consent. Two, enhancing transparency and empowering citizens. Uh, safeguarding, three, safeguarding fundamental rights in EU legislation via a mechanism of nullification. Oh, that's interesting. I, I like that. Certainly something we've hit with the 10th Amendment here in the United States of America. And then it's got a list of demands uh, related to that, upholding human dignity and and the recognition of informed consent. So it goes into detail on those uh, on those demands. As I said, uh, we'll try and get Ju Justina back in here. Hopefully the audio will hold up because it's an important thing. And I recognize uh, I'm not telling other government or people of planet Earth what kind of governments they should have, but I do recognize the universal struggle for freedom that I think we share as hu as a human species. Uh, but various uh, governments or or let's say collections of thoughts and beliefs congregate within you know a nation, for instance. Now, we consider ourselves a melting pot in America, but many people are coming into America due to the lack of border control that uh, do not necessarily hold up the ideals of freedom up as, as as high as we would or would like to. And yet in Europe, of course, there's a, there's somewhat stringent border controls in various countries, but there's a lot of free flow between the, the, the member nations of the European Union. 
the last I remember checking, uh, Britain through Brexit ended up voting to leave the union. What's the status there as it relates to WHO and their attempts to eliminate the autonomy of England to determine how to address any future pandemic? You're quite right. The UK is not a part of the EU anymore. So if you want to come in, you do have to go through the whole border checks. Uh, but in regards to WHO, it's an ongoing process. The UK is on board of it. And actually, they are proud of the fact that they are leading in creating the treaty. However, we do have people like Andrew Bridgen, for example, NMEP, who is very vocal. So it has some people that uh, are in Parliament talking about it. But we also have a lot of activists and celebrities who are waking up. And if you look in the media, the media is talking about this a little bit more than before. And there's a lot of talk about the fact that the the people have been lied to. Lockdowns weren't unnecessary and they didn't help. They just made it worse for the economy. Yeah, they did. Justina, I don't know what's going on with our connection with England today. Uh, and I know you yeah. don't have any other way to connect. And I and I, I think that your your mission there is an important one. And and as I said, I acknowledge the distinct differences of, of various people on planet Earth and the governments and the government that they have or the government they wish they had. Um, a lot of this is, of course, appealing to uh, uh, centralized bureaucracy, regional governments, if you will, with EU uh, to do that, which we think would be a basic thing to do. And uh, oftentimes their intent or uh, maybe su- uh, under the surface intent is is not is not right out in the open, but their actions belie the intent that they want to proclaim that they are protectors of freedom of the people of EU and that they are democratic in nature. I think they're authoritarian in nature, if you can call it that, and they don't uh, tend to uh, uh, receive direction from the people all that well. And this would be almost like the the version of uh, in America taxation without representation, but it's legislation without representation. The people of the various member EU countries have very little to say over what happens to them. That's why the people of England or enough of them decided we need to get out of here. The question is, are we going to fall back into it based on other economic uh, uh, scenarios that are artificially induced on them from centralized bankers? Sorry, I don't know if you can hear me any better now. I can. Right. Let's see if this will work. Um, You know, I mean, with with the UK, it it isn't very that complicated. There's still a big division here. People think that Brexit, half of the people think that Brexit wasn't such a great idea. And the media is pushing that information forward. But uh, in regards to, you know, um, that push towards um, totalitarian rules of WHO, that is going to happen. Um, There is something called the Policing Act, and I must say this is something new that just came in. We really don't know yet how it will reflect on the street, Uh, but we are seeing people from the organizations called Stop Oil, for example. These are the guys that really, really want to save the planet, and they're making it really difficult for other people to come out and protest because they are proving that really you should have laws that stop people from even speaking. So wow. England has gone into a very different uh, you know, route than we thought it will. Um, I honestly n- am not sure um, what will happen when in 2024 the WHO treaty will come through and the IHR amendments, but we mm-hmm. can ex- ex- suspect here that the surveillance and uh, making sure that your citizens comply uh, mm-hmm. really, really happens here. Well, I think that uh, ultimately there will have to be rebellion beyond what your version of a Tenth Amendment might be to nullify, because I doubt that they'll 
accept. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, like we heard from Hotez, but sure. uh, they're authoritarian centralized bureaucracies at uh, their very core. And, you know, European democracies don't have at their center rights granted by God as an essence, even though that many in America have abandoned it. But I do want to see you succeed, and I'd love to get you back on. I uh, Again, you're, you're, we can hear you well, but there's a lot of clicking noises that make it difficult for people to hear every word. And I, I'm going to encourage, in the meantime, people to check out this website, euci.info, particularly if you are in Europe. But I think it's applicable for all of us here in, in the United States because certain segments of our government believe that we should be subjugated to the WHO and want to see them have the authority and, and power that you're fighting against. Uh, so, um, if we can just, Dina, uh, if we can arrange another visit and we can do some more tests with your audio so we don't lose any of your words, I appreciate all your efforts here. And I apologize for not being able to go full bore on this interview all the way through, but please everybody check out the website that I said, the euci.info, and it's linked up in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com, uh, July 25th, 2023. Thank you, Justina. Thank you. All right. Take care. Uh, well, like you said, I, I'm sensitive to the various differences around the country, around the world, in fact, uh, of, of, of perspectives and beliefs on um, rights and freedoms and all of these things. And I know that the United States, got, uh, the governance that we're supposed to have is not something that every other country has adopted. We've seen other constitutions written and inspired by our constitution, but they all tend to miss that fundamental fact or uh, declaration that began it all that said our rights come from God, not government. Uh, so there you go, Super D. I got. Oh, I see your setup now. Are you sitting or standing now today? I'm currently sitting at the moment. Okay. Yeah. All right. I noticed when you were standing, your head was getting cut off. So I, I was thinking you had it set. The, the camera was set that way. I don't know. You don't care. Air. But it's it's not Air. it's not pointing downward. So we have to worry if you're wearing pants. At least that's. I good. always wear pants. <laughs> you're not doing naked. <laughs> I don't gardening? garden naked like you. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, shorts anyway. Yeah. So apologize for you guys, you know, anybody having to listen to that clicking thing. I just, she, she was on her iPhone. Okay. And uh, you know how phones are. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's not even just phone. You know, it, it, technology, computers, internet, whatever. It all sucks. We all need it. <laughs> or at least some of us do. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, it was unfortunate, but. But we will, uh, yeah, you didn't even ask her about the naked gardening, dog on it. Yeah, I didn't get to that, but no, I was didn't too, get to that part. too distracted by the clicking, I guess, and trying to get the audio right. Then we could have yep. gotten there, but uh, it took a while. So anyway, freedom is uh, always on the line here and a primary subject uh, for discussion. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the show. If you've got questions or comments, we've got uh, you know the, the proverbial curveball on the air that we are going to do something different now for the rest of this hour uh, before we bring on uh, Pastor Rick Soto in hour two to talk about other things. As I said, um, coming into this show today off of a, a funeral and memorial service, it kind of shifts the energy a little bit. You get a little somber, but the ideal is to celebrate the life of those who have who have left this place in that in that way. And I think overall there was a bright light and celebration more than there was morose, morosity, what you could say? Is that morose? It wasn't morose at all. Morosity. Yeah, how's that for a word? But there was more celebration. But yes, there's always sadness and tears. You, you get emotional uh, when you lose people you love. And uh, that happened uh, for the Barateros uh, and Jacqueline's uh, father or stepfather. What? But since she, she was like four years old, so basically her father. Uh, so that's what was happening before the show today and why I just kind of barely showed up in time. 
<sighs> so, uh, what else is going on here, Super D, before we go on to the next topic? Um, we got a, a question of the day that came in. Uh, oh, is from, it in the notes today, or is this just for, no? Just I just I just came across it because I knew that we were going to have to let the guest go. Okay, um, Yolanda mm-hmm. wants to know if you're still taking innate response selenium or first re- research selenium. Food research. For, oh, she says first. Okay, well, yeah, the, I was reading. Okay, I first well, I'm research. Not, I'm just saying that's what it is. Food, food research. research. Okay, so. Super D, of course, we've been taking the innate response selenium for years and the innate response chromium, but they stopped doing the chromium in the whole food form. So we switched over to food research with good success. That includes the vanadium. Uh, as far as I could tell, That's there that it guy is. right there. Yeah, there's your glucose sugar balance formula we get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. And you can use the code RSB5 to get a little discount when you check out. And he does carry the innate response. Is that the selenium there you're holding up, Super D? Yeah. So just as Super Don does, I still do take the innate response selenium. I know talking with Sherry Neal, who's a good friend, and she was also at the RSB Family Union. She's carrying on the tradition of not a doc as well. And she is telling me she's having great success with the food research selenium. And I have not switched over to it. Is it the same source? Uh, as what? That they, they did, they get it from the innate? Is it Because uh, from the innate, I think it's from spinach, isn't it? Well, yeah, they utilize a, a, a plants. They grow the, the selenium into the food. Right. And in this case, I don't know what fruit food research does specifically because I haven't switched over personally. Right. I still use the innate response selenium that I get from Jonathan, but you can also get the food research selenium from Jonathan. So either way, and I really do uh, rely on Sherry and her integrity because I've known her for many years to say, hey, how are you doing with that? She says, we're doing great, not missing a beat. So I would say for anybody that's on the fence in either way, I would say you're 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 good to go in terms of either direction. There. Well, innate innate is the is the, the 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 standby. This is the one, or the, you know, the, the not the standby, but the one that's been the constant. This for is our yeah. This was our years. standard, right? Standard. That's it. Yeah, and and I still utilize it, but I understand also the company that makes both the innate and mega food. They're very difficult to deal with, and I know I've told yeah. the story many years ago how I went to one of the major natural products industry trade shows. Like I was just at the regional one, the Maho in, in uh, Columbus, but we're talking the big one, right? And the big one, they had two on the east, one on the east, one on the west. What well, usually in Baltimore or DC, occasionally they went to Boston with it. And then the one in uh, the west coast is usually in Anaheim near Disney. And uh, it's, 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 you know, a city sized event. I mean, you, it's just overwhelming. And I remember visiting them years ago. It was the mega food company uh, that also is, it's the same company that makes innate response. And, you know, we've never been what we call brand loyal, but we're product specific loyal. That is, if you do it right, you might have 10 other products we wouldn't use, but one product that's that good we would use, that's fine. I don't write off companies based on, hey, they do that. I don't want that, but this one is good. If that one's good, we're still going to go with it. Uh, so I told them the results I was seeing with their uh, glucose tolerance factor chromium, 100% whole food chromium that we used. And they like turned white as a ghost, the people there are like, uh, no, it doesn't, you know, cause I said this, this reverses type two diabetes. I, and I think what they thought I was like an FDA agent trying to trap them uh. because that's, that's the fear associated with the regulatory bodies that if you even acknowledge somebody else saying it, like you're not saying it, you're not claiming it, but someone comes to you and says it, you don't know what to do. You're freaking out because if you, what if you nod and then the FDA comes and closes you down because one of your employees nodded when we had one of our agents come and tell them this. 
Right. I mean, that's that's the crazy world we've been in long before COVID level censorship was occurring, Super D. And I don't think many people outside of the natural products industry know that. This is why, you know, when I went on the air in 99 and then we we connected how many years later and saying the things that you were like, what? And then even people hearing it for the first time and even some doctors calling and saying, you're not telling the truth. That's a lie. If you had never dealt with what I had dealt with in the industry and the, the lack of freedom of speech, the, the overt censorship from our oligarchy, you're, you, you know, you would think that you're living in a different country. You know, America is the land of the free. There's no censorship here. Now, I think the vast majority of people do understand there is censorship and it's focused primarily around health issues, not exclusively, because just bringing up questions of dispute on uh, January 6th, right, that event. Questions of dispute on election integrity. As you see, these things cannot be discussed. And what have I said over the years? And I'm not the only one to say it. The things that you're not allowed to talk about are the things you most need to talk about. Well, and, you know, this is the reason why every time they try and censor somebody, Mm -hmm. it backfires on them. Why have they Mm -hmm. not figured this out? I, I, you know, I really, I want to rant on this every time that this yeah. pops into my brain. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I just kind of, it's, it's more like ramble than rant because yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. I, I, it's like, are there no psychologists that work in the government? You know, it's just like, yeah, have, have none of the people that work in government had children? No. You know what I'm saying? I mean, think about it. If you've had kids, what is mm-hmm. it that happens very often? Yeah. If a kid says, can I do this? You say, no, you can't do that. They, you know, if you're like I was when I was a kid, I want to know why. Mm-hmm. Why? Why can't I? Well, because because I said so. No, that, yeah. that never worked with me. Right. right? Well, what if don't, they told no, don't, you? Don't change the subject. What you I, want, I want to ask about this because it's related. What if they told hard. you to get, get the shot? Would you do it then? I mean, how far does the peer pressure thing work with you or backfire on you, Super Don? <clears throat> right. And oh, I, I feel like you if have I was going to strong... be honest, have I caved into peer pressure in the past? Of course I have, yeah. but, um, yeah, in this situation, brawny, yeah. which is a brand of paper towels, by the way, <laughs> brawny, brawny. Yes. yes. Uh, was, I guess where he was staying at you or where he was going, he was enrolled at USC, according to Steve here, mm-hmm. which required COVID shots until May, May 19th of this, of this year. year. Yeah. Um, so likely he got them. It'd be, it'd be surprising he if he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Likely he did. Yeah. You know, the, the problem that I have is that, you know, I understand, okay, he was an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, do athletes, are they human? They are. Does it seem like over the past three years, there's been way more than we've seen in the past? Yes. But in, in this case, it's like, we, you know, we just... He he had a he had a well, I guess he had a heart attack. He's okay. Apparently he's in stable condition, which is mm-hmm. great. We we're happy about that. Um, mm-hmm. But it it bothers me to mm-hmm. a certain degree whenever there's a story about somebody who's an athlete or actually anymore it doesn't even matter if they're an athlete or a an actor mm-hmm. or a, a human you know yeah. just happened to make it into the news that they had a heart attack. There's a certain element of of people. Mm-hmm. That will immediately get on Twitter and say he got the vaccine, told you it's a vaccine, told you. And it's like, hold on a second. Let's stop for a minute. You know, I, I just don't see how that that um, helps what we're doing, really. Okay. Well, I you, mean, you know it, what it, I'm saying? Because it, it's if, like, we don't know. We don't know. We don't if know if there was some kind of genetic predisposition. for It's a real thing. It sure, is. Sure. But okay. it's, a, it's an extraordinarily rare thing. And I want to bring in uh, someone more qualified than even I. 
to talk on this, and I'm not going to bring him on the show right now because he's not on the phone. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Wait, what? Where? Yeah, I know. I could tell you were thinking, <laughs> what, is he, what is he doing? Um, well, Professor, no, Dr. Peter McCullough. Sure. Okay. The most, most published, I think, cardiologist in the history of cardiologists. And what he is saying is that until proven otherwise, if a young person has a heart attack, your first assumption is that it is related to the COVID injection until you can prove otherwise so that he, it's not coming from a wild-eyed uh you know conspiracy theorist so to speak not i don't know I like if the, i agree with terms. that i don't know if i agree with that i'm I think talking that's... about the, the learned doctor cardiologist Peter i understand McCullough, i don't care that level. because i don't i don't go you know how i am mm -hmm. I, i'm like i don't care if it's but your basis is what for d d logic eh. logic and reasoning you cannot yeah. just assume it's the mm -hmm. vaccine prove me wrong because, you know, before there was a COVID vaccine, if somebody had had a heart attack, you wouldn't go, mm. I assume that it was because they ate Cheetos. Prove me wrong. No, you know, I don't have to prove you wrong. Let's look at the information. Let's well, look at the data. Hold yes. on, let me finish. Yes. Let's look at it in its whole and then make a decision based on that. Don't automatically come to a conclusion that it was the vaccine and now you have to prove to me that it wasn't the vaccine. That's well, not how science works. No, but if you're a clinician and you see thousands of patients. I get it. And then you suddenly see a spike in something that never you occurred You can have your own personal bias on the situation and go, you know what, I think based on what I've seen yeah. that that very likely could be the culprit. Well, but and then you tie in the data associated with the jabs, the okay. injections. Which we and don't resulting... have for Bronnie James at this point. So right. I think it's incorrect and mm -hmm. I don't think it's right for people to suddenly just go, look, I told you it's the vaccine. It's got to be the vaccine because I believe it's the vaccine because he's an athlete and he got the vaccine. Yeah, so I it don't must think be the vaccine. you're not taking into consideration what Peter McCullough is assessing and why he's saying what he's saying. That it isn't a definitive to say that. It's just saying that in all of the years of How the cardiologist. That's well, what I'm okay, saying. You're, you're going on appearances. I'm not, I'm not doing appearances. That's not where I'm reacting from. I'm it's almost at, like, I swear, that mm -hmm. I, I get the feeling with a lot of people, whether mm -hmm. it's in social media or something like that, I'm not disagreeing with anybody. I'm not saying that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that it's like, you know, suddenly on the internet, LeBron James' son mm -hmm. had a heart attack. Yeah. Hey! No. And it's like, no, stop. Well, look, stop. Look, you know, Super D, that's not what I'm doing. That's not I'm what not we're doing. I'm not saying you're doing And that. I don't even think, and I know, no, Peter McCullough's not doing that either. <laughs> But he's pointing out that this was rare to never and now suddenly come About place. LeBron James specifically? No, about all of the young people and the athletes right. having heart attacks. No, you're right. I 100% totally agree And that totally on a definitive basis is something that's not arguable. The arguability is, okay, now go to individual Bronny James and go, all right, did he get the shot? Did he not? Right. But in terms of did he get the shot? Yes, he got the shot. Then to make the assessment that it is until you can prove otherwise. All right? So I think maybe if we clarify it further, that if you've gotten this COVID injection and you're a young athlete, you get a heart attack, that's the statement that he's then making that until you prove there was something else like a congenital defect, that you go with this didn't happen until these injections were occurring. Yeah, because I mean okay. there are there are a lot there are many other reasons that could cause something like that in somebody. Yeah. Other th other than other than that. And so, like I said, don't get me wrong. It's not that I'm saying that it that Super Don's not, not being cause. a bad guy. This is just I'm Super not, Don I'm being not, Super Don. Yeah, I'm not yeah. Peter Hotez. Okay, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying it's just it, it bothers me sometimes because it's like the immediately it's just like you know 
Yeah, I, and I don't celebrate any of these things. No. But I think that if you're a doctor and you're not disgusted, like I was yeah, a little bit yesterday, you know, talking with our new doctor friend who's a doctor and, she, and a psychiatrist, and she is speaking out against the physician community about a lot of these issues. But I say it, it's just, it's not, it's not morally or ethically correct. I know morality is one thing, ethics are another, but, you know, you get what I'm saying. To, to, to remain silent while you witness another, it's not the Holocaust, but another Holocaust, another, you know, wiping out of a generation's uh, capacity for, for health and vitality and longevity. Now, I have been at this for not just since COVID, as you know. You've been with me for a lot of years. And I've been saying the entirety of the vaccine industrial complex and, and their products without liability are creating the very thing we've seen, just not as in an accelerated way in every case, but in some cases as accelerated or devastating or more so in children who have died or have been driven into neurological injury to the point of autism or worse. And, and so that has happened long before. And this is where I think I sent you uh, that uh, it was like you said, it was like a four minute clip on Dr. Drew's show, another physician doctor who said she was called. Uh, uh, what was the word that was used? Her, her last name is Victory, by the way. Yeah. A Dr. Victory. How do you get a last name like Victory? That's awesome. But what was she called? A vaccine fanatic or something? Zealot. 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 Yes. And she, she acknowledged that. She said, I used to be called a vaccine zealot. And then she went on almost a four minute. I don't know if it's a soliloquy, but basically saying, hey, you know what? We are overdoing it. And she would use the term over immunization. But she never acknowledged what I think eventually physicians and scientists are going to have to acknowledge in integrity or they're going to wait to die. And they're going to tell God this. They were lied to. True. But they didn't have the temerity the balls, I'm going to just say it, to stand up to the authoritarians and say, hey, where's the scientific study or studies that make the claim safe and effective anywhere near some semblance of validated reality? And they didn't, and they're still not, by and large. As I said, kudos to Peter McCullough on this show a month or so ago when we were in Boise, as he says, you know, and I said people were criticizing him on this show because he was still pro flu shot or whatever it was at the initial phases as he was uncovering the disaster that is the COVID injection. And then he said on my show, I was fully vaccinated. My kids were fully vaccinated. My grandchildren will get no vaccines. To me, that's that's where I'm saying this is where it's going to have to come to or else these doctors will have little or no credibility left. Because the moms, the dads, anybody who's done a lick of research on the history of the vaccines going back from Jenner forward recognizes that these are what we call sacrament in the church of pharmaceutical mysticism. Pharmaceutical being the operative word pharmakia meaning sorcery. That this is not a God-centered focal point on protecting children from disease but something that relegates them to chronic disease if they're not outright destroyed the moment they get their first, second, or third injection. Again, before COVID, this was happening. And now we see peer-reviewed medical literature coming out with friends of ours that have helped uh, to work on it, publish, and get the data together that show that children who are fully vaccinated or mostly vaccinated are far less healthy in terms of chronic disease diagnosis than children who are least vaccinated or not vaccinated at all. So we come back to this vaccine religion again and again and again, how it is the basis for what? Pediatricians, modern pediatrics is the well baby visit. The profit center of being a pediatrician is not being an OBGYN and delivering the baby. It's like, how can I get a hold of that baby now through childhood to guarantee that they're a customer for life? 
whether they live a short life or a long life, we got them because we give them the injection that actually injures them, makes them chronically ill or neurologically devastated. And then they're gonna, their parents are going to bring them in for more drugs and more treatment and on and on it goes. That's not cynical. That's not skeptical. That is what has been part and parcel the way they do business. And as I said in my interview with Taryn Gregson, as she was asking, do you have to have a pediatrician? I said, hell no. Not just no, but hell no. If you want your kid to stay healthy, unless they need some kind of surgical intervention from an accident, getting hit by a car, falling off a, a brake that needs to be reset. Stay far, far away because the only thing they're doing is measuring their circumference of their head and telling you they're not growing fast enough. Eat this toxic food poison called baby formula that has some good stuff in it, but is garbage other than that. And stop breastfeeding. And then get another shot, get another shot. Oh, you got ear infections? Here, have another toxic poison. It's called an antibiotic. It's a form of chemo. Take that and destroy their immune system further. Devastate all kinds of assimilation capacities of the body, digestive functions, destroying the microbiome, the home for the immune system, destroying the ability to produce normal endocrine compounds to develop normally and naturally. And then we talked, you know, also yesterday and in a few, many shows now about the transgenderism issue. People being born and go, oh, I'm born in the wrong body. As this doctor yesterday said, no one's born in the wrong body. And, and they said, even in those like two or three year olds, they say, well, they're certain of it. And then they, they do hormone blockers and they alter. So they never had a chance to, to have a normal development from childhood through adolescence to adulthood to find out what body they're actually in. And they robbed them of that. And who does that? Doctors. Damn it. This is where I, you know, I try to be nice and I'm like, I have a hard time being nice to these people that are acting more like Nazi doctors experimenting on children for profit. And, the, and remember, why do they fire kids or families from, from pediatric practices? Because they won't get the scheduled shot that the CDC says. Oh, the CDC says. The CDC based on what peer-reviewed scientific study, placebo-controlled. Anything on the schedule. Sorry, none of it. You don't do it, and guess what? I don't get my bonus. And these pediatricians are making tens of thousands to hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year by having their pediatric population jabbed, injected on schedule. And if they fall off by one percentage point below whatever that number is ascribed, they lose that money. Talk to me about conflicts of interest. Have you seen Utah Safe and Effective, the documentary film? The finale goes into that. The conflicts of interest, the economic conflicts of interest between medicine and state, between medicine and media. And as our guest in the second hour will probably hit a little bit, Pastor uh, Rick Soto might talk about the conflicts between church and medicine. Yeah, I said it. How many of these church, synagogues, temples, and mosques went all in having church leaders, synagogue leaders, whatever, getting injected on, on camera to show you it's a godly thing to do. Jesus would do it, really injecting synthetic mRNA made by man to alter DNA protein synthesis to, to, to produce toxic, abhorrent proteins that are creating damage and inflammation that your body has never encountered before until man created this, not God. Is this an indictment on every doctor that's ever lived? No, of course not. We feature doctors on this show frequently, but typically those that have recognized and acknowledged what we're talking about here, the error of their ways, just as any of us have made errors or have sinned in the past. I mean, that is part of life. And the question is, do you repent and do better? Or do you hunker down with your ego and go, well, I'm the doctor. Who are you? Listen to me. I'm the authority, the authoritarian. 
M deities, right? That's not what doctors are supposed to be. But in this case, we're looking at that severe, significant issue that we've gone through in the past three years with COVID and who facilitated it all with rare exception, the doctors. They didn't speak up. They didn't speak out. Where were the doctors during Nazi Germany speaking up and speaking out against the atrocities, experimenting on innocent children, children who had less abilities, lesser abilities, or were born born with defects or deformities, etc. And they were subject to termination, euthanasia, gassing. Who did this? Doctors did this. God bless my uncle doctor, Uncle Bob, who told me not to become a doctor even though that's all I ever wanted to do as a kid. Not realizing why he said that to me. Maybe he didn't even fully realize it other than just the bureaucracy and red tape he had to deal with as a doctor dealing with the government to grow into something that became Obamacare and calls for totalitarian uh, coverage. Mandated participation in the medical monopoly like my friends in Canada have. You have a socialized single-payer system. The NHS in England, you have it. What does it do? Oh, well, yeah, we're, we have a better system because you won't go bankrupt having to pay your medical bills in our system. Really? But you might die of iatrogenocide because the only thing covered is drugs, is vaccines, is surgery. And, you know, granted, there may be times for surgery, but many times those surgical procedures are brought about because of doctors and drugs. Have you read the chapter called The Road to Colostomy Bags is Paved with Antibiotics and Prednisone from Unlock the Power to Heal, the book I wrote with my buddy Ty Bollinger. That chapter is free for everybody at robertscottbell.com. I don't even make you sign up for an email alert, a newsletter, because it's that important. I don't want to make it contingent on anything. You should read that, learn about it, apply it, and get, get your guts in order. Love your liver instead of poisoning, poisoning it with medicine approved by the Fear and Death Administration. Gosh, I just wonder I have, well, you know, ah, watching what they do. Modern medicine is the medicine of the devil. Oh, man, now I've really stepped in. I've said this before, but I want you to take it in context of what I'm trying to communicate to you. In the facility or the uh, sphere, let me call it that, of modern warfare or any form of warfare on planet Earth, when you're out to kill people and break things, to dominate, to win. Hopefully it's a defensive battle because somebody's trying to violate your rights rather than you're conquering lands to get stuff from them, a thieving, right, in that context. But in war warfare, you have soldiers that get shot, that get hacked up, and your ability to win the war means you got to get that soldier back out on the battlefield or else he's a casualty, he's gone, and you have one less soldier. Modern medicine, allopathic medicine, is born of what? Warfare medicine. It's all about war. And then we apply those techniques surgically to things that are pretty amazing. When you have done something that ended up inadvertently causing a failure of an organ or a system to corrupt, and they can get in there and do some amazing things. So even that has a place. But when you apply warfare methodologies to everything in life, to everything in health, to everything in medicine, you are now creating not even soldiers, you're creating debilitated, walking, wounded, innocent children, much less adolescents and adults, by poisoning them back to health, which cannot be done. The only thing approved for curing disease in the United States of America, the land of the free, is a toxic poison or poisons approved by the FDA. 
If you have substances from creation, the medicines of creation, that which has been used on this planet ever since there's been a planet and people on it, the medicines that God created, the plants and other things. If you actually declare that they can cure, prevent, mitigate, treat cancer, your government, your agencies, if they are yours, will find you in 24 hours or less and shut you down and bankrupt you if they can. In the meantime, in recent history, they claimed it took them 10 years to find Osama bin Laden in a cave in Pakistan who may have been on hemodialysis. And he was what? Public enemy terrorist number one on planet Earth, yet they could find you in 24 hours or less just because you can help somebody overcome cancer with no toxic poisons, injections, or, or surgical procedures? Yeah, I know it's perspective, isn't it? It's not, it's not pleasant. It's not comfortable to talk about it. But we're still dealing with the same morons, the same medical morons that are looked on as the experts that will protect us when the next pandemic occurs, scamdemic, pandemic. Let's not talk to homeopathic doctors, naturopaths, herbalists, chiropractors, anybody that does uh, uh, looks at life in a vitalistic, spirit-centered view. No, let's look at it in terms of only materialistic reductionism and chemistry and that which the government then approves. We're still dealing with primitive responses to diseases that are caused by the doctors that have treated children with injections and toxic poisons like antibiotics through their infancy. Never had a chance. My journey, I had to overcome all of that. And I had a fraction of the number of vaccines that they give kids today if they go by that schedule. That's why I raised my kids with no vaccines. They've never had an antibiotic. Not that there isn't a place. I acknowledge it. But boy, oh boy, if you can find that there is no place needed for your, you and your kids, they're going to be much better off because you'll have to undo nothing that you've done to damage them or their doctors have done to damage them. Is there a place for modern medicine doctors? Yes, please. Don't, don't say, oh, he wants to ban all doctors. That's not what I'm saying. But they shouldn't be exalted to God or demigod or semigod status. Like I said, many in... Our various religions and religious leaders will praise the doctors in their parishioner community as if there's something more special than any of you when they're responsible for the first, second, or third leading cause of death. That, I think, is inexcusable, but they could start by repenting their ways and doing better, coming on over to learn about body, mind, and spirit medicine. Whether it be through my friends at Trinity School of Natural Health, this was not a diatribe to get people over to Trinity, but I honestly believe that body, mind, and spirit education that they didn't get nurses and doctors would be greatly benefited because then they can actually help people without hurting them. Trinity School of uh, TrinitySchool.org. We got the Health Freedom Expo coming up mid-October outside of Chicago, Tinley Park Convention Center. I hope to see you there. Trinity Live event two days before it. So uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, something like that. It's in the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Good Lord, I think I've gone over, Super Don. This is what happens uh, when you let me loose, we, we're going to have to bring it back down. Maybe uh, Pastor Rick Soto can calm me down. I think he's got some good things to say. We're going to go to that and more. Your comments and questions, shot, drop them in in the various chat rooms. Please sign up for the newsletter. Thanks for those of you who are patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Our next AMA, Ask Me Anything Zoom meeting will be July the 31st. It's a Monday evening, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. I'd hope to see you there. In the meantime, stick around. We've got a whole other hour of broadcast healing. On levels, well, you decide what levels they are. I think we're going to have a good time with uh, Pastor Rick Soto next because the power to heal is yours.
Did I uh, redline it there, Super Don? Lori says I need to let loose more often. <laughs> Usually Super Don puts me in a cage and I can't come out to play. Yeah, <clears throat> that's totally what I do. Yeah. I am the man behind the curtain. Yes, that's right. Did you see this comment from, uh, I can only, yeah, there it is. Uh, for our healthy children and the majority of our military, here it is. Um, the data show that the risk for myocarditis is greater than the benefit of the vaccine products. As a physician, duty bound to do no harm. My opinion is that we should not mandate harm. And this is a former pediatric, board certified pediatric cardiologist deployed in Iraq, flight surgeon, Air Force, everything. Kirk Malloyan, MD, testifying on Capitol Hill, December 2022. So uh, again, Super Don, you're not disputing the 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 danger of the covid jabs on kids and, and young athletes that's not the point of you saying what you said i i want to make sure people understand that because yeah. i don't want anybody to misunderstand you I, it's thus there's sometimes uh, uh folks on our so-called side of the equation that take glee and go and see i told you so i don't take any joy in that i don't like seeing these young people harmed in this way but well, at the same just... time I'm, I'm i'm even more disgusted by the doctors and others that don't see that mandating injections like this is 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 just I, I i want to cuss now i'm not going to cuss we got kids in the audience so there I'm just <laughs> i uh, i won't belabor the point but no. uh yeah no i'm not i'm not saying that at all that uh i just i i i like to take a look at things critically yes no and, and, and that's and objectively yeah including so, all possibilities and not have try, I try are, anyway not to have uh uh what do they call it uh confirmation bias right right yeah. right no I, no I, I hate and, that I hate and that. i'm saying to, to you super d you keep it up fuzzball we love it and i okay. appreciate you all right okay with that we got uh, a spe special guest hour two hasn't been on the show to my memory yet this will be a first time um there's an article from children's health defense i don't want to go into now it just uh, you can read it it's linked up 10 problems with vaccines and 10 solutions there's a previous article here that's interesting from oan about christians arrested for outdoor church service during COVID 19 winning three hundred thousand dollar lawsuit they did they won yes believe it or not just about like about we predicted time. it's about dang time yep. and 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 this is the thing when you are willing to acquiesce to government that says you can now not worship as you believe fit and right. You've got a government that no longer is constrained by a constitution. And uh, we're going to talk with Rick Soto about that. Pastor Rick Soto is here on the Robert Scott Bell show and more Rick. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell show. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. I, I was listening and you are on fire, my brother. <laughs> That's all I got to say. And uh, it's a joy to be with you. Yeah. Our first time together. Okay. Well, all right. I want to make sure because I've done a lot of shows over a lot of years and I've interviewed uh, like around 1700 people and that counts them all just once, even though many have been on multiple times. So sometimes I forget and I have to ask my wife and she keeps track of it, but I'm glad to have you on today, especially with what, what's, what's happening. And, and I, I think about it in terms of, you know, uh, if we talk morality, which is, uh, you know, more of a religious concept than ethics, which seems to be more secular in that concept. But, I, but I, I understand that there's, there's some crossover between it. But regardless, uh, the medical community and those in the in the faith-based community that have adopted the medical uh, uh, dogma, I'm just thinking, can you make peace with that when that medical dogma violates our spiritual, uh, uh, let's say, I say commandment to protect life, even though they claim they are, what they've done is degraded and destroyed life. Well, the point you're bringing up is valid. It's completely valid. You know, theology is just Jesus is Lord of our lives. Okay, so let's break down what that said. Jesus Christ is at the center of my body. He is 
the my body and of my health. And so I want to allow Christ uh, to have, have a superiority over any laws. And so I want to be I want to be that focused on Christ and my faith. That much hold control. Pastor, Pastor Rick, hold on a second. Superdon, what is going on with the audio today? We're being sabotaged. Today. Somebody is I like. Don't know. Not, <laughs> so so in Jesus' uh, name, I, I shut down that sabotage. Yeah. Please. So here's the deal. Here's the deal, Rick. Um, your your video and your audio are way out of sync. Okay. Um, okay. And it's dropping out a little bit. So I'm going to suggest you do what we did actually earlier. Do a complete reboot of your phone and reconnect, and let's see if that fixes the problem. Okay. I'll be right back with you guys. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate That's it. That's Pastor Rick Soto. He's going to join us again. I want to get past these so-called uh, uh, audio uh, uh, dropouts and things. I <laughs> no, want what you it to is hear, today. Huh? I want to hear the words of the people that are on this show. That's right. Tag name it. <laughs> Seems to be the word of the day for me. Dang. Rick's a nice guy. We uh, we chatted for a while before the show. Well, I could already tell he's a good guy. And yeah, we were having some laughs, and, and he seems like a, a neat guy to, to you just hang out with. So you have an I told you so. I do. With the, uh, well, with the, the, the lawsuits, you said this is going to all happen in well, the Well, it wasn't just and, me. I mean, it's, it yeah. was us. We, you know, yeah. we were talking on the show about, uh, let me, in fact, let me bring up the let me bring up the article here. Christians arrested for outdoor church service during COVID-19 win $300,000 lawsuit. Yeah, it's in Idaho, uh, a little town in Idaho, where they shut them down and find them to say, you cannot They had together. an outside church, Yeah, and they, uh, they got busted. And so, you know, when this stuff was happening, they were just one example of all the craziness that was happening at the time. Mm -hmm. What did we say? We said, you know, there's no way. This is, this is, a, this is a violation of Clear. people's free speech, mm -hmm. their right to assemble, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's no way this would stand up in the courts. And right. so what they did was they took it to court and mm -hmm. they won. But the problem is, and this is what I keep saying, they keep winning all of these lawsuits where their 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 free speech was violated during the yeah. pandemic. And what it's not like it gives that back, you know, their the their, time back, the worship back. Yeah, and and I'm, it's kind of like the the max the vaccine mandates and stuff. You you could end up winning lawsuits now for being fired, but you can you ever be made whole again in that way? I don't think so. No. no so. I don't think so. All right, let's see what's going on here with Pastor Pastor Rick, Pastor let's Rick. see if we got good audio and, and video connection. Okay, guys, let's see if the devil's out of the room here. Let's see if, uh, see if... Yeah, you scared him away, Rick. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're feeling, yeah, we scared him away. Well, praise the Lord. Okay, well, as we should say, where were we? <laughs> yes. Well, I, you know, I, I, I was uh, bringing up in hour one as well a little bit about conflicts of interest you know when i talk medicine and and media medicine and state but i you know that you've heard about separation of church and state this to me doesn't mean you have to leave your religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs out of your existence if you go into government it just Absolutely means that not. there's not supposed to be a state sanctioned belief or religion right uh, other than the constitution limits what the violation you shouldn't violate any other rights anybody else's rights and that includes the right to worship as you see fit but look at the conflicts of church and medicine you know, over the COVID jabs and many in the, the people of faith, the faith community were, were being used to promote to their parishioners. You should get this injection as if Jesus would do it. I'm like, oh, man, I, I, I guess there are things you could say. What would Jesus do? And it's a, a valid and fair question to hopefully make your life lead a better life. But to use Jesus to force people into accepting something that is clearly made of by man, not God. 
Yeah, there's a whole massive list of contradictions that came about during COVID, the COVID vaccines. I suppose we could talk forever about the, the money involved, that we can just state that and kind of move on. It's you, you don't need to be a rocket scientist or a CFO or, you know, in charge of Forbes magazine or whatever to understand that there was, you know, literally billions of dollars involved. I think I think the issues, you know, come down to, as I was trying to state before, uh, your life, who's a controller of your life, you know, Jesus Christ being the center from there exercising true wisdom god has called us um, i you know you're not denying and i'm not denying traditional medicine i listen i go on record and, and, and tell people i did not get the covid vaccine and i did not for two very simple reasons one one is is that it turned out uh, based on a prior injury in 2019 i was actually run over by a truck while i was on my morning run and it gave me a whole list of injuries that I was going, that I was actually in the process of being healed from. And uh, as I understood from the medical people around me, and there was just some conflict with them. They weren't all in agreement, which was sort of something I wanted to take very serious. The truth of the matter is that I sustained a very serious brain injury. And if you know anything about a very serious brain injury, you can imagine I'm running so at a truck, a very large truck runs me over, causing severe damage. You know, I, I, I cracked and uh, cracked C4, C5 and C6 in my neck. And right now I'm here to tell you that I'm all whole and able bodied. And uh, that's all glory to God. And I can tell you more about that later on in our show if we care to get there. But toward the vaccine, one thing that the vaccine could not tell me was what kind of inflammation it was going to do to my body. Uh, we, we just know that it will at a period of time. And so if you have a serious brain injury, a brain injury like mine, where I had a very legitimate medical record and concerns about inflammation, what would happen to my brain that was in the process of healing if I took that vaccine? And then again, I would ask questions like, what's the probability and statistics? What's the, what's the research showing? How much research is out there? How necessary is that? Would it be better for me just to get COVID and get over COVID and let my body fight it, which is exactly what happened, uh, or would it be better to take these vaccines? So without any kind of answers, I, I you know, I, I had a legitimate truth card on the table. Hey, listen, I have this medical condition. I'm just not taking it. Mm -hmm. But you earlier were making mention, and it really came to me as a pastor. It was really a leadership challenge of the, of the number of people in my church working professionally within the military and other places places in education that uh, into taking these vaccines against their health directives, against their conscience. And so that became quite a wrestling match to try and help them work through those things. And I would just say, all, I'm in California, and so uh, all enough was able to see uh, many, many people uh, you know, you know, able to exercise that conscience and get through them, but there were threats of jobs loss, uh, you know, uh, bonuses and all of that. There's all of that's just the reality of these very good Christian people just saying, listen, I, I, I just, I don't want an, an intrusive state government taking over my body this way. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, it becomes, it becomes quite a wrestling match. Uh, Pastor Rick, you, you know, you, you um, very eloquently stated that you asked questions that engaged what we call critical thinking, you know, about your injury, what they wanted to do, what they said you needed, asking questions. So when we are people of faith, it does not mean we have to or should necessarily abandon our ability to think and ask questions and be critical. That's but yeah, that's exactly point, right. There's also a point that I find that 
those that are very well learned, maybe even great thinkers in their young lives going through uh, in, indoctrination, a.k.a. education, uh, becoming doctors, now have established an authoritarian view of the world where because they've learned something that you haven't, they now don't want to listen to anything you have to say. Or if they're not going to listen to you as a patient, I'm concerned about their willingness and ability to listen to God or spirit to guide and direct them beyond their training because there's so much more than the mind in reality that lead to a you know far higher and deeper place. And, and I don't think it should be a conflict but then again, if you are worshiping the mind and not God, there is a conflict that ends up arising. And then the question is, who do you follow or what do you follow? Well, absolutely. You know, it related to the nature of the medical establishment. I mean, I would just say this to you, Robert. I actually have a lot of mercy and compassion. I'm sure you do as well for actual doctors, whether they're Christian or not, working in the medical establishment. Uh, there's been such an upheaval. And, and I think the word is common sense. You know, there's just such an absence of common sense. If you go back to um, kind of the old world, which would really only be about 20 years ago, <laughs> you know, it's really not that long ago, uh, the medical establishment heavily favored something called the family doctor and family practice. And so you sat with that family doctor who uh, kind of played multiple roles in, in medicine, you know, and but that that person had a calming effect, you know, and they would talk with you. They, they were they were going to take the time to help you understand the dynamics of what's going on. And generally, at least my experience would be that that person was fairly conservative. And so, you know, the doctor's directives, they should have got this in training was their first directive is do no harm. That, that's actually out of an old school playbook that doctors would have is first do no harm because mm -hmm. it's well understood that they could actually do harm. And so those things seem to be lost now. Yes. And I think there are multiple layers to that related to how now money this is paid out uh, to related to what is, you know, what the rewards are within that system. And so it's a challenge for people in medical establishment and it really requires Mm -hmm. uh, us as Christ followers and as consumers to really be in our A game when we're taking care of our health. Uh, Pastor Rick, this is what probably got get gets me more than anything. And if I think about last hour, just getting a little spirited in, in what I was saying about <laughs> you, the you were going. It, it is the first do no harm principle violated, especially with the most innocent among us, the little baby born Absolutely. of God, of creation. It's extraordinary. And then the first thing they do is inject them in a, an American hospital, if you, if you let them, if you don't know better, with a, a hepatitis B injection, which it contains aluminum. You know, before they even have an opportunity, you violate them in such a vile and disgusting way to prevent something that could only happen if they engaged in behaviors that are not, you know, humanly possible uh, for a child to go out and do on their own. And, and, and I look at that and I go, you guys are smart. You made it through medical school and you can't figure out that these babies don't even have an immune system. They cannot react to develop an antibody artificially or otherwise the first day of life and arguably some say years into, into the first years of life. And that's where I get to that point of I have a hard time being compassionate and I am a compassionate guy. I understand it's a difficult uh, profession to be in, but when it comes to protection and defense of life and violating it in such an overt way, I'm like, how do you miss that? 
Well, there's a there's a place for 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 anger, without a doubt. You know, the the scripture is going to specifically tell us, uh, you know, that that we can that our anger is not one to go over in sin. So our anger is not one towards of, you know, hatred or harming somebody else. Our anger is towards righteousness and seeing, as you're well articulating, you know, innocent people being protected. And listen, I I mean, I'm with you on this journey. I I I I've actually, you know, I kind of say. I've, I say to people, uh, I'm a world traveler. And so I, I've had, uh, you know, I, kind of tongue in cheek about this. I have every vaccine in my body. I've been to some biologically very sensitive places. And so the smart thing, it's, it's, just, a, it's just a probability statistic that seems that, okay, taking that vaccine in that situation just made more sense because I was going there to help. And if I got sick in that place, I would, be, I would just be, you know, of greater, great, greater harm to people. But I, I say those things. Because one of the turning points for our family, I have four sons. And so one of my sons was born, and they're in their 20s. And so one of my sons was born. And strangely enough, uh, you know, they came in and they, they gave him all these vaccines. He's a newborn. I mean, he's just a cherub, cherub, innocent little newborn. And he gets all these vaccines. And so we say yes. And, and so we say yes to that. We're new parents. You know, we're trying to figure it out. And uh, so we take our son home and very short time later, I mean, short time, but about a month later, two months later, two months for sure, his liver stops functioning correctly. Now that initially can be for a lot of different reasons in the medical condition, the medical community a little bit. So we, we have a great doctor, we take him to our doctor, he begins to monitor me, lets us know that there was a serious condition. Now look at, he does not want to admit that the vaccines harmed him. So he's, 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 but, but everything coming out of his mouth is that something happened with this vaccine and did not react well to this baby's uh, body. And so we go on about, on about a six to seven month journey. And, and I, I cannot tell you, and I have, I have mercy and compassion on any parent out there. If you've, if you've walked this road, uh, you know, I, I can tell you as a man of faith, Jesus Christ has been faithful to me every day of my life that I, I, I was scared. And, and, you know, to have a baby's liver not working, to have a, you know, habitual jaundice baby, to know that there was nothing really that could be done. Uh, their doctor took a very conservative approach. And I'm going to speak now into the supernatural, Robert, if you're comfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, so what happens is, 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 you know, some good Christians come around us and begin to pray. I, I'm frankly so overwhelmed I can't even pray. I mean, I just want to be candid with you, with you and with your wonderful friends and your audience. Like sometimes we get to that point. We're just overwhelmed with sorrow. I'm holding my newborn son and it's breaking my heart. The thought that I made a decision that might have harmed him, you know, although I did it innocently. And so here we are. And these people are praying and praying. They're not, I'm in this prayer meeting. I'm not in these prayer meetings. And a friend of mine gets a prophetic word and, he's, and he writes it down in his journal. And he says that this baby's going to be healed. In fact, then he writes down, this baby is healed. Now, he wanted to tell me that, but of course, you're, you're so sheepish. Like, what do you, you know, how am I going to say this to Rick? How am I going to really tell him these things? And so maybe about a week or two later, I go into my son's, you know, nursery. And I go in the room and I look at him and he looks, bro, it's, it's, it's a challenge for me not to get teared up at this moment. He looks so healthy and normal. And I just... I just rejoiced. I had heart palpations. I got, I sweated out my shirt. I was just so excited. I called my wife. She looks, we're having the same reaction. We literally picked this baby up. We run him to the doctor. 
you know, and, and, and I want you to hear this. So we take him to our doctor, wonderful pediatrician, despite his advice on vaccines, but he took a conservative approach afterwards. So I want to give him his due. And, and he looks and he looks at this baby. He's doing all kinds of things. And he holds him and he puts it right before he puts him in, his hand, in my hands. He says, he says, Rick, here's the thing. I don't know what made your son sick. And I, but I, and I don't know what just healed your son. But he is healed and whole. Go and take him home and enjoy the rest of your life. Hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, 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 I mm-hmm. we, we just went, bro. We, we, yeah. we, we, we drove, we drove home in a, in a, in a car, and we, we had tears of joy. I'm, I'm fighting him right now. You know, I had tears of joy because I, I lived that world as a man, as a husband, as a father. So I understand that there are, you know, people out there that might think you're going too far. Um, and, you know, we need to have our balanced approaches. But the truth is the truth. The truth is that I lived through that testimony. And, 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 and so when we talk about these vaccines and these COVID vaccines, uh, we just need to have control of our bodies. We need to give ourselves yeah. in Christ's name permission to, to be, let him be Lord of our lives. And as difficult as it is, I know for some people to hear, the state is not greater than Christ. The state does not control my health and my body. And I make that decision before God. Amen. That's something I wish, you know, if I was to say, I wish, I pray, I, I, I don't like to direct God because I know God knows better than me. You know, when I talk about the controversy of prayer, it's like, what do you mean you're telling God to do something? Doesn't God, <laughs> you know, like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. But for me, it's like, I, I want to get out of the way. Help me to get out of the way because I, I, I think I'm more maybe an obstacle, even if I mean well, uh, because I don't have that level of wisdom, that depth of wisdom, uh, yet to be guided, pray to be guided, pray to be open to the guidance, practice the presence of God in all things, in all moments. Uh, and, and, you know, people have different ways to do that. I'm not here to tell them how to do it, although you've written uh, uh, some books here. In fact, there's a new one uh, I wanted to introduce people to. Yeah, there's one here that says uh, uh, Simple Bible Commentary, and then we have another link uh, for a book that you've written called Jesus at the Center. And is this something people can pick up at the website? We have jesusatthecenter.net? That's great. Yeah, so the website is jesusatthecenter.net. And that's where you can purchase that. That is a gospel handbook. That's how we phrase it. And that is something that uh, I wanted to address to help everyone, to absolutely help everyone understand how to put Christ at the center of their lives. And so that gospel handbook uh, really starts very differently. So most, most conversations that would happen in the last 70 years in terms of presenting Christ to someone was really the bridge diagram. You know, you got God on one side and man on the other, and there's this bridge, which is generally artistically like a cross. And it's not as if that is artistically untrue, but that is working with certain assumptions and culture that are no longer true. <laughs> there's a gross biblical illiteracy out there, which is why you and I were having the vaccine conversation because of a prior time ago, that would have not have been even been needed to be said. Mm -hmm. And so I start this presentation. This presentation is not, it's born off of 35 years of evangelistic ministry, personal witnessing all over the world. And most of my life in ministry has been in, in fairly well-to-do places uh, in terms of pastoral work. And so when I have someone in front of me, 
you know, take, take for example, uh, this is a, a retired professor from USC. The retired professor from USC, uh, very well credentialed, uh, and and so so this is this is what happens. This probably happens to you a little bit, but this is sort of like, hey, pastor, let's see if you're up for it, right? <laughs> let's see if you can go one on one with a retired mm-hmm. professor of philosophy, history, and social ethics from USC. You know, his training PhD is just like, okay, well, I have I I, I only have three three you know bullets you know david have five smooth stones i only got three bullets it's the father the son the holy spirit right that's that's about what i've got so i sit down with this guy and you know he's all about just so much academia stuff i won't even bore you with it but then he, he wants to talk about things like this right so he says he says okay pastor listen what does the bible say there's a train going down the track the brakes are off it's got to go two directions you know one's going to kill your wife and one's going to kill your kid, you know, so who do you choose? Who do you choose? You know, and, and, and so at this point, I'm just kind of over it. <laughs> you know, I really am. And so I look at this gentleman and I like him and we've become acquaintances. Mm-hmm. And I said, my brother, th- that's where you're actually making a categorical mistake. I knew as a philosophy man, he would understand that. And he goes, what do you mean, pastor? I go, I don't have to play by your rules. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I was in church, I'd say, can I get an amen out there for the crowd, right? So, so, but you understand that I don't have to play by your rules. I play by different rules. And he goes, well, what rules are your rules with the Bible? I go, it's called reality. He goes, well, I'm a philosophy professor. So, you know, all of, all, he tells me all about his academic things. He goes, I, I go, okay, so great. Let's just go there then. Let's just go there. I go, so, so you have just told me about an illustration of a train going down the track. It's going to go two ways. It's going to kill somebody. And the brakes were off. I go, so in the last year, how many trains has that happened to in the United States? We got a lot of trains. Don't bother. There's none. I go, let's go 10 years. Let's go 20 years. How about this? In the history of trains in the United States, going back to the 1800s, how many trains has that happened to let me just tell you how many they are. None. That's not a real illustration. It does not happen in real life. It's a fragment of your mind and imagination, which you are giving yourself permission to play God when you should not. And so I drew two circles, which is in that Jesus at the center handbook. I drew a circle. One circle has you, you yourself at the center of that circle. The other one has Christ at the center. And I draw that for that gentleman. I said, which of these two circles best represents your life right now? So this is actually a true story. He starts crying. You know, I haven't even really told him about the cross. He starts crying because he's checkmated. And he says, he goes, I'm in the circle with me in the middle, but I don't like admitting that. Okay, well, welcome to planet Earth, my brother. That is the humans as we go, as we're, as we're wrestling with God. And so that presentation, uh, Jesus at the center, it starts that way on purpose to surface a series of emotions, a series of feelings that are part of our culture to help them understand where are you right now with God? Does it through grace? Does it through love? And then when you turn the page on it, so you might expect, you know, that I talk about God's love and I do talk about God's love and we definitely need to talk about God's amazing, incredible, overwhelming love. But I have this phrase that seemingly has worked on every continent, every conversation. And it's simply this, Robert, God has desires. And I know you know that, right? God has desires. And that's that's why you're actually doing this show. And that's why you're contending for the things, Robert, that you're contending for, because you're trying to tell your audience God has desires. And so I'm here now with you telling your audience that, that through Scripture, God has desires. And we should think about that and take it very seriously. 
And so most people that I talk to, take, take your CEO type, you know, and, and I say, do you realize that God has desires? And they, they kind of sometimes struggle with that. And I say, well, let me ask you, you have a desire for your company, Mr. CEO? And they go, yes, I do. I go, do you manufacture things? Oh, yeah, I have a manufacturing plant. Do you have a foreman? Yeah, I got a, I got a foreman in a manufacturing plant. I go, can he do whatever he wants as a foreman? No. Can, 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 he, can, he, all, can he produce a different product than what you gave him permission to produce? No. Have you ever thought that God's exactly like that? God has desires. He wants to produce Christ in you, wants to save you, and he wants to liberate you. And so you, here's what it is. God wants to have all of you so you can have all of him. And so that's the beginning of the nature of telling people how, how Jesus Christ can come and be at the very center of their lives. And so I now offer that uh, to your audience, and you can find that at JesusTheCenter.net. Let me just make a little little comment here. So listen uh, to your audience and friends. We're not making any money on this. There's, there's no full-time staff. I'm selling them for two bucks. I mean, so you have to kind of say, give me a break. And the reason why I'm even charging you for it is one, for hopefully some sustainability so that we can keep printing these. But also Jesus had, and I'll paraphrase this, Jesus had a comment and he says, he says that your heart follows your checkbook. And politicians have famously during campaigns misquoted that, where we want to think that, our, that it's the other way around. No, it's you actually write a check for something and your heart actually follows that. That's related to tithing, giving, time, money, everything else. And so if you will actually uh, you know, go to Jesus at the center.net, pay the small amount to get a small set of those, Oddly enough, your heart becomes sanctified and you will actually use that tool and share with your friends and your family and friends will actually give their lives to Jesus and you'll see some miracles take place. Pastor Rick, another way to say it, uh, where attention goes, energy flows, that concept. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're given this gift of life, which is the extraordinary gift that we experience here. And only second to that, in, in my mind, is this gift of, of choice, because it reminds me of when you say what God wants or God desires, God wants or desires us to choose God. And, exactly and right. that's fascinating because some people think, oh, no, no, it's a trap. You're being forced to do it. No, you've been given freedom. You've been given agency. It's why, you know, I love this country that I've been born into, even though we haven't lived up to the high ideals, because it acknowledged that these things come from a creator, from God, not government, not the, the artifice of man. But in that context, we have the uh, ability and freedom as God gave us to make poor choices. And yet... The poor choices I've made in my life have led me to do what I do, to choose what I do to do today. It wasn't always great choices. And, you know, of course, I've learned some things that I can say to others to say, you don't need to go down that road because I've gone down the road and this is where it leads to. But yet they'll insist that they need to go down that road or they'll get mad at you for pointing out that that road leads to whatever it leads to. You've had the experience. And, you know, I could block their way. And, you know, if they're my child, of course, and they're still children, you have an obligation to protect your children, of course, from harm in that sense. But when they're adults to make that choice to block them, then you violate a freedom that God gave them. And I don't think that you're uh, arguing to, to block that freedom. That's not my point in saying so. I just I like to bring this up because so many uh, on the uh, what I call the the religious left 
and I know this is maybe a too broad of a term, but those who may have left the religion of their youth, and you have the freedom to do that, but they have adopted more of a, a religion of science, for instance, right? The cult of science. And they believe not only in their church of pharmaceutical mysticism, but they believe they could force and should force you to believe it too. And even if you don't, you should take the shot, right? That kind of thing. That to me goes beyond the pale. That, that crosses the line where I think that God says, ah, no, now you've gone too far. It's one thing for you to make that choice. It's now not, a, it's another when you're forcing others to make a choice that they know violates their freedom of religion or belief or faith. And that's where we've seen this incredible division and also some level of an awakening over COVID because they've crossed the line. You know, we might believe differently than those on the political left as they've manifested it today. But as long as they weren't using the power and force of government to force us to do it, too, there's freedom. Right. When they've crossed that line now, I think they've crossed the line that God set, because even God doesn't force us, per se, but gives us the opportunity to come back by choice. Now, I'm bringing this up with you because I love to have this conversation and I love to hear perspectives on it for, you know, because I'm such a freedom guy. This is for me like beyond life itself, the gift of freedom is so precious. Well, you're correct in, as you say, and you talk about freedom, that there has to be a choice. So one of the ways doctrinally, in terms of the scriptures, to understand this concept is to think through love. And so unlike perhaps certain certain social structures, we're, we're, not, we're not robots, we're not robots by God. And so God wants love. And love requires freedom. It's just that simple. So uh, you take, you take, you know, and I'm going to be G-rated here, but you take what, is, what would normally be between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, their intimacy. Well, that is, that is because they love one another, and so they are enjoying that experience together in that way. Therefore, it's love. Yet that same mechanical act can be, can be, can be violated and become violent, and it's not love. And so that's a way of just understanding the nature that God, in just a, such a supernatural way, gave us the ability to choose Him or not choose Him. Mm-hmm. They come with dramatic consequences. And like you, I had, I had, I walked on the dark side. And so that's my story and testimony. And praise the Lord, God delivered me from that. And and when He delivered me, I mean, I really I got I, like I got delivered, you know. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit came upon me all at once. And that was, but that was a choice. You know, uh, when I got saved, just to kind of further that principle, I was at a, I, I got talked into uh, going to this conference and there had been people that had been witnessing to me at this time and, uh, for, for a number of months. And I was, I was, you know, deep, deep in all kinds of dark sins, sexually, alcohol, drugs, uh, on the outside, most people would have thought that I was, you know, a really good guy kind of thing. Truthfully, I was, I was, I was, I was on the way to killing myself. You know, they call it self-sabotage, and that was a version of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm 22 years old. I'm at this conference, and it's great. They're talking about God's love. It's, it's, it's just so many beautiful things going on. And Dr. Bill Bright is on the platform speaking. He's a former founder and president of Campus Crusade for Christ, now called Crew. And so he, he says, you know, hey, you know, you got to give your life to, to Christ. And, and, and when you do that, it's because you're going to say that God will go wherever you want me to go, do whatever you want to do and say what you want me to say, you know. And so at that point, I'm like, OK, I'm over this. See, these people are manipulating me. See how it is. And so so I sit down in this worship time and I hear this word come. You're a hypocrite. Now, kind of kind of where I come from on the street, you know, I, I unfortunately got in 
got in street fights and bar fights. And I sort of had that sort of history and part of my background. And I'm really not proud of it, but it just, it is part of that. So I'm just mm-hmm. saying to help give some context that I stood up and around, I was getting ready to knock out the guy behind me because I thought he was making fun of me. And his arms are raised. He's crying a worshiping the Lord. And so I sit down again. I hear this voice again, that you're a hypocrite. I go, oh my goodness. And then, it, then, then the presence of God comes and breaks me. So like a hypocrite, I stand up and I'm still wrestling with God. We'll fast forward. It's a two to 3,000 person auditorium at a hotel. They're tearing everything down. I've just been sitting in the chair, I'm frozen. And I just, the only thing I could think to do is I'm gonna go kneel where Dr. Bright was speaking at. And all that's left is like that platform. I mean, you can imagine the workers wanna get out of there and tearing it down. And I get on my knees and I just start crying. And I just say, God, I don't know how to not be a hypocrite. I am the biggest phony out there. And but but if you will change me, I mean, if you will change me, Jesus, if you can change me, then I will go wherever you want me to go, say what you want me to say, do whatever you want me to do. But I'm a hypocrite, so I can't answer this prayer. And I'm telling you, Robert, the Holy Spirit came upon me and cut me in two. And I left that place. And really, just a few days later, I didn't know more than what I'm telling you. A charming young lady on the beach. I was living in San Diego on Mission uh, over there on Mission Bay, and this gal walks up to me. And normally, I would have had kind of the more carnal thoughts running through my mind. At this moment, I just kind of had some mercy, and she just walked right up to me and she says, "Do you know God?" And she describes a terribly lost life. And she asked me to pray for her, and she needed to be delivered of things, addictions, much like God had just delivered me from. And I pray for her. I didn't even know how to pray, and I, she's delivered. And the next day I'm walking down the street and there's a homeless guy on the side of the road. And none of this is an embellishment, my brother. I ask you and, and the audience to really just believe that God can work this way. And, and again, it's related to, can you choose God? Mm-hmm. Can you choose mm-hmm. God? There's nothing, what's the power in Rick Soto? What's the power in Robert? It's only the power in Christ. This homeless guy asked for help. I hadn't even really read the Bible. And I, I tell him whatever I, you know, I just tell him that I saw Jesus this movie and these videos and he did healing kind of things. And, mm-hmm. and so I'll pray that you be healed. He's laid out on the ground. He can't walk, can't get up. And I just would, however I prayed. In fact, I remember for some reason, motioning my hands like this over his body. And I don't know why I was doing that. <laughs> and so I pray he somehow gets delivered, healed. He pops right up, right out of a Bible story. And he gives me a hug. And he walks right off. Yeah. I, I don't know what all of that was about other than, God heals and that it, he moves. And so when you choose the love of God, like I have written and described at Jesus at the center, and this is, this is the point that I'll you know, just sort of end my, my, my commentary for a few moments, you will see miracles. And that's what saddens me when people don't choose the love of God and don't choose Christ and don't choose a lifestyle of Christ being the Lord of their life, the center of life, because they miss out on mm-hmm. tremendous, tremendous miracles. Pastor Rick, I appreciate your testimony, your personal story. And yeah, when you choose God, the Spirit can work miracles at any moment, at any time, uh, if you allow it to fill you with that love of God that is unlimited. Uh, We have a plurality of beliefs in this audience, you know, obviously a predominantly Judeo-Christian background, but we've got people all over the world. And I don't want them to be in any way turned off by what you said if they are not, you know, focused in the way you are. Uh, and the recognition that God can perform miracles, whether uh, somebody uh, you know knows of the things you know specifically in Scripture or not, uh, because there are people from all over the world that may never encounter it. 
and have have walked this world and have not as well. Uh, so the idea, of course, when you bring up the word hypocrisy, and I, I, I know that well, and I try my best to never be a hypocrite because that's it disgusts me as much as I've seen within Orthodox churches, uh, religions, etc., the people that uh, proclaim to walk you know that, that faith and yet uh, did horrible things behind closed doors. Uh, and uh, I, I just, you know, I, I don't want people to be turned off to people of faith n- n- any more than I want them to be turned off from their own faith, because that's part of the human consciousness to come here to learn by making choices that maybe aren't always the best. As I said earlier, how do I know what I know? How do I, why do I do what I do? Because I've screwed up. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, that didn't work. And it was God giving me the grace or, or having the grace to allow me to make poor choices so that I would choose to come back. And I, and I think that's another aspect of the compassion that God has for us. It's like when, when I've asked the question of why does God let, let us suffer? In many cases, the suffering, I believe, is, is a choice that we make in order to find maybe that doesn't work for us forever and ever and ever. And my, we, we want to try a different path or direction. And the, you know, the, the unlimited capacity for love and opportunity here on this planet is quite extraordinary. As I said, I couldn't have come up with it. That's beyond my mental construct. And, and I, you know, I acknowledge that I have some smarts about some things, but I try not to be uh, so filled with myself or pretentious that I believe to know more than I know. <laughs> and even that which I know could be wrong. You know, where is the humility and humbleness that I come back to the medical profession pr- pretending to be gods or demigods in this context? And so in my journey back to health and healing, there was a lot about becoming humble in, in the presence of something that is so much greater than me, but at the same time fulfilled me with so much love and compassion, even in the midst of the anger that may be righteous, that we recognize that the choices people are making uh, are, are due to the freedom that God gave them to make those choices. And the, the, you know, the prayerful hope is that they eventually come back, and I believe they will, but the, whether it's in this lifetime or not, I don't know because I didn't write that book and that book is being written, I guess, by everything that we do, much less the God that created us. So uh, all that to say that uh, I'm greatly appreciative of your sincerity and your willingness to share your story at the same time, uh, compassion for those who may have different beliefs out there. And I just hope that they would take what you say with the spirit with which you're delivering it. Does that, that kind of resonate? That's exactly right. Everything that we're sharing here is really based on, on love and kindness and uh, true friendship. We're all on the journey. And so it's a privilege to be able to share my story and testimony and the unique aspects of it. We certainly look forward to hearing those same stories from your audience as, as opportunity arises. And it would help that you know, no one would, no, no one would uh, misunderstand it in any other way. It's born out of love, it's born out of goodness, it's actually born out of kindness as we converse and banter about these things. Yeah. Well, again, and the, 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 there's a lot of laughter when we sit back and look at ourselves as human beings and go, dude, man, we've, we've really done some really crazy stuff. <laughs> and to be able to find humor in that, too, I think that God has a great sense of humor as well. <laughs> you know, and that, that's just, oh, my gosh. And if we lose that, we lose the spirit. The spirit flows through us, even in difficult times by finding something to just laugh in that moment. I think we're brought closer to God. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I think I think part of the things that's going on with society right now, and and is is that we kind of have lost our sense of humor. Especially, you, you know, we you you don't want to lose that. You know, there are there are cheeky moments, there are things to laugh about, there are things mm-hmm. to, frankly, to just not take yourself so seriously. And I think part of happiness comes when we decided to kind of get over ourselves. 
and and you know and be be okay with that yeah. and and, uh, and be okay with our less perfect parts and and realize that we're you know we're we're actually thinking about ourselves a, a little bit too much and so mm-hmm. you want to really cultivate uh, in fact you really want to cultivate in your family you really want to cultivate humor and laughter mom and dads want to be able to give a joke and take a joke and there's you want and I, and I think part of what happens to us related to happiness is that we just we miss those moments in life I believe they're out there uh, all over the place to enjoy some laughter and fun and mm-hmm. I think we just sometimes miss them and beyond any words that I could come up with or flow through me and and for you as well pastor Rick uh, I urge and encourage each of you to become the living example for that which you perceive and believe to be that godly life, that way of living with the Spirit, to be guided in such a way that uh, the miracles, that some of which you described, and some of them can be very subtle, uh, which occur, I believe, every moment, every day, that we may not have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, the heart to understand at any given moment, uh, but by practicing that presence. And how you do it, Pastor Rick, might be distinct and different from anybody else at the same church, synagogue, mosque, or temple. That's the fascinating thing about God's creation. We could all go and proclaim the same thing, yet live it a little bit differently, see it a little bit differently, understand it, interpret it a little bit differently. But if that wasn't by design, then he wouldn't have created us as individuals. We would all be one collectivist mush, and Marxism would be the religion. It's not here, not now, not ever, not on the Robert Scabell Show. And Pastor Rick, God bless you for, again, sharing your, your, uh, your experience, your journey, and may it inspire others to do the same and even greater things. My pleasure. It's really good to be with you. Well, I appreciate the conversation. I really do. Pastor Rick Soto, kind of a Sunday conversation on a Tuesday. Why not? Why not? Jesus at the Center is his new book. You guys check it out. It's linked up in the show notes at robertscatbell.com, jesusatthecenter.net. And as I say, the, the discussions I've, you know, over the years, I've been reticent, reluctant to talk about these things, faithful things, not because I don't have faith and don't live the way I believe and perceive to be correct and right and in God's eyes, even though I could fall short of that at any moment, but because there is so much controversy when you do, because someone will then say, well, that's the wrong interpretation of it. And I don't think that the spirit of which Rick was representing or presenting any more than I would was about, you have to do it this way or else. Uh, you know, that kind of thing I've been on the bear, bore the brunt of, you know, growing up Jewish in the, in the deep South for many years. And that kind of turned me off to Christians until I found Christians that actually believed and lived more Christ-like lives and had that love and compassion and wanted to live by example, not by beating you over the head. Uh, so that's part of, uh, you know, what I enjoy when people live by that example. And if you want to convert anybody to what you believe, uh, please do it in love and compassion by example, not by coercing and deceiving and, you know, kind of, let's say, quotaing it into existence. You're going to turn people away from spirit in that context, even if you mean well. Uh, acknowledging and honoring the freedom that God gave each of us and loving and having compassion for those that make choices different than what we make and being ready and accepting and loving enough to welcome them with open arms, even as they make these decisions. Doesn't mean you have to endorse or embrace certain behaviors, but to remember the love flows out even from, well, for all of creation and from God, even when we do horrible, vile things. And I acknowledge that as I cover some of those instances, as we've done with subject matters even today about doctors injecting toxic poisons into innocent babies or uh, the medical uh, kidnapping or the, uh, you know, what, what's going on with the, 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 the abusing children, the, 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 the trafficking children. I mean, these things are just horrific. And you think, how would God let this happen? And I don't believe it's about God letting it happen. It's about setting the stage for the freedom to choose to come back 
and that there are mo- things set into motion that we may not remember in this lifetime. You know, to answer the question in a, in a different way of why do bad things happen to good people, uh, you know, there's a lot more to it than I can cover on a Tuesday. <laughs> Let me just say that. But I'm grateful that we have the freedom that we do uh, in the in the universes of God, although it doesn't play out so easily in certain places on this planet right now that live under uh, various forms of tyranny, overt or uh, subtle. And in America, you know, as I as I uh, believe in the origins of this country deeply, I recognize that we haven't always le- lived up to those high ideals. And while we're here, we can choose to engage or not or engage in different ways. And I don't know that there's one right way or wrong way in terms of, uh, you know, the political issues that we are confronting that are violative of our fundamental freedoms. And that is even for those of you with the freedom to not have any religion. And, and I recognize many of you in this audience may have uh, spiritual beliefs that you don't like the term religion or religious beliefs because of what it has meant to you in your lifetime or what you've read in history. And I think you know, God gets that too, understands that too. And I don't think our faith is confined to, to any four walls with a roof or without a roof. It is our living, breathing embodiment. And the question is, what do we do to practice that presence all of the time, 24-7? And that means, yes, even in the dream state when you go to sleep. Do you set yourselves up for it? Do you declare yourself a channel of love, divine love, to live a life of service? It's a fascinating journey. I don't think we'll ever run out of interesting things, cool things to discuss. And yes, sometimes controversial and things that could be upsetting or offensive. That is not my intent to offend, but uh, life can bring that no matter what you try to do or avoid. So God bless you all for being here. We've got a little bit more to cover in the bonus round here. Thanks again to Pastor Rick Soto and our first hour guest, which we had to shorten uh, because the audio difficulties today, uh, Justina Walker. Uh, All the links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Please say thanks to our friends that support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. Remember, Nutritional Frontiers. They are amazing what they're doing. Remember to enter DMG to counteract the inadvertent or purposeful exposure, if you have it, to glyphosate and more. So many good things. Remember this super creatine formula you want to put on some muscle like I have? It's really good stuff. Thanks to Sovereign Silver and the folks that now have the Silver Gel newly packaged. You're going to love this. Thanks to Bob Orin. We've got G. Edward Griffin coming up on uh, tomorrow's show, I believe, as well. We're going to follow up on the, the Red Pill Expo, which is the next big event coming up mid-August in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. I would love to see you at, but there's a streaming option, too. And uh, go to foliumpx.com and get the Folium products. Use the code RSB10 to get 10% off. And with that, we'll be back with more powerful healing in the bonus round because the power to heal is yours. I noticed there's spirited commentary in the various chat rooms today. I don't know what's going on in Rumble, but anytime you have direct... <laughs> yeah, there's some over in Rumble, too. ...direct doctrinal discussion of any kind, even though I believe, again, uh, what we did with uh, Pastor Rick, he's discussing his faith, his journey, his... You know, I love people talking about their journey and why they believe what they believe, what happened to them, how did it happen, your interpretation of it, et cetera. It doesn't phase me one way or the other, although, although you know, I'm not such a dogmatic guy. I, I, you know, uh, this is people that get tied down to dogma, they get into arguments, and, and I don't mind a good argument either. That's fine, but try to be a little detached from the results of it because while we make plans, God laughs, you know, and has fun with us in our overt attachments to things. And, uh, but I enjoy the discussion. I hope uh, everybody did too. Uh, Super Don, you're okay. You're hanging in there. Yeah. Although I think I ruffled a few feathers myself with my discussion about, uh, brawny. Brawny. Yeah. No, that's why I wanted you to come on and, and clarify. I don't want anybody to think w- right. w- bad of you, my friend, because it's important that 
the way you think you know, critically about it. Yeah, it's just that I, uh, I, I don't want to dig myself into a deeper hole, so I'm just <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah. Anyway, so the yeah the religion discussion. Listen, you know here's yeah. here's the thing, guys. Mm-hmm. I I actually chatted with uh, Rick DeSoto mm-hmm. or not DeSoto Soto. Yeah, Rick Soto. It should be DeSoto. I like. That. <laughs> you Soto. think so? Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's a nice guy. I mean, he's he's obviously he's very. Uh, you know, he has a very strong uh, devotion and, and, mm-hmm. and belief. Um, and, the, and, yeah, it's okay. I mean, we, the, not everybody's going to agree with that. And well, we as, can as see we that can in, see in, the, in, the, in the various chat yeah. rooms. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. I expect you know? that. That's okay. But too, it, yeah. that's one of those topics where it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, you you can have differences of opinion, like, like should pineapple be on pizza or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. And we can you know, right. go back and forth, but so you're not going to hate that person. Because they eat pineapple on their pizza, you're not going to be angry with them uh, because they're they're, right. uh, they're I hope threatening anyway. your yeah. your pepper your your pizza beliefs. But there are but, there is a lot of anger and vitriol sometimes between vegans and meat eaters. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. There's some. But that's when it becomes it's a good analogy. A, a religious dogma. Yeah. You know, as far as that goes, and people have different beliefs, and they live hopefully according to their beliefs, as long as they're violative of no other beliefs at the same time. That is the freedom to believe what you want to believe. So, yeah. yeah, there's a debate going on there on Facebook there about Mary. Oh yeah, I see that now. I, <laughs> I'm not getting in the middle of that, and, and but y'all again respectfully and yeah. lovingly can believe different things about Mary now is what's going on, uh, and uh, you know I always thought it was weird the whole what? thing with the whole Mary thing. Oh, you're going to say in that, the huh? uh, well, no, I'm just saying. Look, I've had some experiences. Uh, Thank you know, goodness my her name life. wasn't Karen. Let's just say that. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Holy okay. Karen, mother. Can you of, imagine that? Mother no, of, that wouldn't work. How does it go? Yeah. How's the? I can't even remember now. Anyway. Yes. Um. I thought it was weird. You know, my my stepmom and my grandma and her mm-hmm. mom. Yeah. Were devote Catholics at least mm-hmm. at, one, at one point. Yeah. And they had this, the, you know, I, I ended up going to mass a couple of times, mm-hmm. which for me was really weird, man. I mean, it Do was they just, call it mass because it's heavy. You go out and you're like, Oh man, that was heavy. There's That's some so reason heavy. for it. I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was, it was, I don't know. For me, it was almost a little creepy. Um, mm-hmm. because it was like, you went in, I mean, we're talking old school Roman Catholic, yeah. You know, stuff you going were, on so there. So you did learn was, Latin before you came into my life and learned and homeopathy. It was, no, I didn't. I actually, I, I fortunately, I didn't have to go too many times. But, yeah, it was just weird with the, mm-hmm. the statues. and They were, like, praying. To, and one of them was Mary. <laughs> and I, I never understood. It's like, why are you why are you praying to this statue over here? Mm-hmm. Um, isn't that idolatry? You know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd grown up in, 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 in the LDS church, right? right? You know, so I had some knowledge of the bible and you know the story and the, some of the stuff and mm-hmm. you know i was just like that's just that's just weird that's strange but um it, it's one of those things where it's like people get i don't know they feel threatened mm-hmm. you know their belief system or what yeah you know i don't understand what it is is it's like like what's going on in the chat room sure. about mary it's just like who cares? I mean, it's whatever, you know, it's like, well, if you, if you come at it in the spirit of respect and just, you know, if you have a different distinct belief about these things, I, I think that's yeah. a, 
I obviously, uh, I like these things to be respectful. If you can, I don't want people to, you know, uh, denigrate down into ad hominem attacks to one another against one another in this regard, because I think the spirit of, of, of love, I like to think that's part of this show too, even though, you know, we cover some intense topics that, you know, cause me as we saw last hour to be a little bit angry about something or some things, uh, at the same time, you know, the spirited conversation about beliefs, I have no, I'm not, I don't avoid that. I don't mind that at all. But I think one thing is you find out if your beliefs are, uh, made real by your experience, it doesn't matter what others believe or say they believe you're more concerned about what they do, how they behave, what they, how they walk their beliefs, as opposed to, you can hear somebody look, and and, you know, it's interesting. Where am I going tomorrow? I'm heading over to what Jim Baker's uh, PTL uh, network. And, you know, Jim Baker was one of the big televangelists with Tammy Faye all those years ago. And then uh, he was caught having an affair. I don't know all the details of these things, but you know how they 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 fall short of their beliefs or proclaim beliefs or the, what they're preaching. Now he's still around. Did he repent? I imagine he did, and he's trying to live a better life. But he's got millions of people that follow him and enjoy you know whatever he's presenting. And he does absolutely now have a holistic bent in terms of medicine. He recognizes the great harm that doctors are causing, and he got in a lot of trouble promoting silver during COVID. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm invited to come on and speak about nitric oxide for health. And how that plays a role in, in, in human health. And I, I don't know all of his history. I don't. I, I just uh, recognize that if you're given an opportunity to speak to a, a large group of people and you speak with sincerity and you're trying to teach and educate and empower them to better health, I feel like that's a good service. You know, we might call it a mitzvah, you know, a good deed uh, in that regard. And uh, I, that's where I'm heading. Now, is anybody out there going to go, well, uh, Jim Baker's a heathen. He's a, the, I don't know. I don't, I try not to get involved in <laughs> I that. I think some people probably do yeah. feel that way. Yeah. I just, I can't get, you know, I mean, I didn't really like you had, you'd had to have been living in a cave mm-hmm. to have not, if you are old enough to have seen that whole story and what yeah. happened and, you know, with him and, and Tammy Faye. They Baker made a movie about it and everything. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. <laughs> so, the stuff that yeah. was going on there. So, um, but you can know? people change? Can people genuinely oh, repent sure. and do better? Yes. Absolutely people can. Absolutely yeah. people can. No. Um it's still kind of kind of a trip to know that you're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be on PTL. That's so funny. That I don't wild? know why it's funny, but it is. Yeah. Well, I I wish we would engage more, not less, on all yeah. these topics. And I think with the spirit with which we bring the love as opposed to the judgment. Or, you know, even the anger when I don't believe it's righteous, because when people are sincerely trying to find their way in this world, uh, just like any of us, we'll fall down, we'll make choices that are not the greatest choices. But how, how again, have I learned what, to, what I've learned to live the way I live? And, and I don't try to convert anybody to my belief per se, other than to live as I would perceive to be the best way to live, to be an inspiration to others. And if they ask questions about things, I'm happy to share it. But my... Uh, you know, I guess we all have each have a different mission Man, in life. I, and I am looking at the chat rooms right now. And yeah. just, maybe we shouldn't talk religion anymore. <laughs> well, it is always a risk. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's got people talking. Well, no. I just it, don't want it. No fist fights. No, no fist fights. Hope okay. Everybody walks and, away and nobody. There, there's a comment over here from Cetros uh, Spotlight uh-huh. about um, Cetros. I'm trying to remember. Cetros is is that the father of five? I don't I don't kids, know. Kids, I think. Yeah. Um 
saying something about it, a great jab at Cetros. I don't remember doing a jab. It's, it, if I don't that's remember that. Kid, no, yeah. I don't think so. But let's, um, yeah. So Kim says, let's talk politics instead. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a little <laughs> bit easier right now. Yeah. We've strayed far from Cetros didn't, it didn't mean to. What was that? Did, did I, Kevin, I don't know did what you're Kevin, referring to, but it was unintentional. Did Kevin hook us up with Pastor Rick? Yes. I All believe right. so. Yeah. Well, again, I just said. Oh, by we, the way, Rick, we never we didn't even get to it in the in the conversation there, but he lives in a town called Solvang, California. Solvang, California. Have you heard yeah. of Solvang? Yes, I have. I've been there um, when I was a little kid. Went mm -hmm. there, and he owns this like a sixty-three acre ranch or something like that in Solvang, mm. and it's really cool nice. looking. Now it's been a, like decades since I've been there, mm -hmm. but they have like it's. I think it's uh, like a, a Denmark thing going on. Hmm. and solving and it's like they've got like the buildings and the they've got like a a, a windmill and, and right. all that stuff and everything and it's all like the the dane uh dana i guess it'd be danish right yeah Denmark, danish so, yeah i haven't had a good danish in a long time <laughs> that's uh, where you went of course yeah, i'm sorry i can't help it my uh, daughter made some delicious uh, chocolate chip cookie pan right or it's more like a, a little bit of a cake and you just cut them out like a brownie uh for the um the you know the after celebration if you will celebration but of life right today and uh so that was delicious that was yummy cool and i think uh right. today at the bottom of the hour i've got yeah to you've do got like 20 minutes you're gonna be recording. recording with jonathan e mord for the sacred fire of liberty on thursday because i'm traveling tomorrow we do have new uh, uh a new first hour in each day that you have never seen or heard and uh tomorrow let me just just go through this real quick as uh, we're wrapping it up here and once again, thank you to Pastor Rick as well today. Appreciate him being on. Carolyn Berman, B-E-H-R-M-A-N, uh, from Natural Choices for Healthful Living. And she's a friend for many years in the natural products industry. And she's with the Maho Group. And uh, we have a great discussion. We we'll talk um, some of the history of the, the censorship, I probably in the regulation of natural products, but liver health is a big one. We'll talk about the key, uh, to, you know, to health being the detoxification. And then we have... G. Edward Griffin back on the show uh, tomorrow in the first hour with our friend Bobbery Orrin, who supports him. And he's a wonderful, uh, Bobbery's amazing, but uh, always great with Ed. And we're going to discuss a lot of things leading up to the Red Pill Expo that you can attend in with us. Uh, I think it's August 12th and 13th coming up in Des Moines, Iowa. And there'll be other options to get there and, and watch it. And uh, let's see, what else are we going to talk about? Super Don and I will have a discussion on some things, maybe follow up to today. And then uh, Jonathan E. Moore, uh, fresh new, ver ver let's say, edition of the Sacred Fire of Liberty on Thursday. And then Super D is going to pick out a couple of really great encore interviews for the second hour. Because, again, I'm flying and then I'll be taping those shows at, at the in Branson, Missouri. And then back, back live on Friday in studio for the full two hours. That's the plan. And I don't want to have to sleep in an airport again. That's now, not too is much there going to gonna be a week coming up where you aren't going to do anything? Yeah, that's a good question. It hasn't been like that in a while. <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah. Well, Should never, I jinx you? I'm not going to tell jinx me you. the odds. I right? will not jinx you. So, well, and anyway. I think next week, um, my my wife and my daughter are going back east to visit with her mother, who's who's ailing right now. Any prayers you want to send that way? And they're going to go visit with her. Uh, so uh, I might be scrambling next week on my own, trying to figure out how how is it that I've, I'll probably forget to to eat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just so committed to doing all of this stuff. So, um, but yeah, I'll be around all next week. I think we have uh, live shows all next week as well. Okay. Uh, and then before we, Lori, I think the or next not trip Lori. is Red Pill. Go ahead. Leslie wants to know if 
the recording you're going to be doing with uh, Jim Baker is something that can be attended by... Yes. From okay. what I understand, it's free to attend the tapings. The taping will occur on... Uh, let's see. I'm flying out tomorrow, which is Wednesday. On Thursday, The that would be, what, the 27th? And I think it usually starts in the morning around 10 a.m. You can actually call and reserve a table somehow uh, to the network, and they'll it's free. So you can be part of the taping and be there with us. And I'll be talking nitric oxide. Who knows what else comes up in that taping on Thursday? So, yes, because they're not that far from Branson. They could actually head over there. Uh, and and I think Sherry Neal was talking about it. So some of the folks that came to the RSB family union in the area, if you want to go to Branson and be part of it, uh, somehow, if you can look up Jim Baker Network, PTL, whatever, how do you get tickets to attend? Uh, and you should be able to be there with us uh, live. Is it called the Jim Baker show? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I think it's still called PTL. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So that would be fun. That would be a nice little mini reunion there. All right. The next time you are stuck in an airport here, I'll post this real quick. (laughs) This is from Steve. The next time you're stuck in an airport, do a live episode of the RSB show. Maybe nearby travelers will learn something and spread the info. That'd be a little awkward, I think, but. You know, that actually is, is a brilliant, brilliant idea. I guess I could have done it theoretically because, you know, those two days I spent overnight in the airport. What else was I going to do besides struggle to sleep a little bit on a floor or a bench? So I'm just, <laughs> I just don't want to make that a habit. It was not, not my most pleasant moments. Let's just say they have, free, they have free Wi-Fi there in the airport. Yeah. So. You wonder if it's good enough to do that, but uh, okay. Maybe I'll go live and see what happens. It's an interesting suggestion. Uh, by the way, real quick, the vaccine mandate to become a citizen must end. Maybe I can put this on with Jonathan E. Moore to talk about that. The Brownstone article. Uh, yeah, sure. Did you already submit I other mean, things? Yeah, no, I, I sent him a bunch of other stuff. but you Okay, add that one into the mix because that's an interesting one as well. Okay. How anti-freedom is that, that you're making people take a medical experiment to be part of a country that, that prides itself on being the, the freedom-loving country? So I wouldn't mind talking about that. It is the Jim Baker show, by the way. It is? It, oh, it's on the okay. P- PTL TV network, the Jim Got Baker it. Show. Baker All right, so if anybody wants tickets to that for Thursday, reach out to them, get a ticket, and we'll see you there. And with that, yes, again, a new hour tomorrow, a new hour on Thursday. Second hours will be encores, and then Friday back in studio for live, more of the live Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you all for being here. God bless you. And roll with it. Love one another, even if you disagree. And... uh I don't know, for a Brits, stiff upper lip, carry on. Uh, you didn't say pip, pip, cheerio. No, you do that. Of course, they can't hear this anyway. No, this they is the won't. bonus round. This is the bonus round. They won't hear it. We could we could crack all kinds of, like, uh, you know, uh, limey jokes, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, have at it before we get in more trouble. All right, we'll see you later. Thanks. Thanks.